your city encounters America's fearless shock producer face to face as he dares the ultimate in savage realism. America's most daring filmmaker sets out to strike his audience with a thousand bold jolt, and he achieves it. Hero Picks International puts you through the ringer with Frenzy of Blood, a starkly realistic devil barrel power package. Frenzy of Blood, offering number one. I dismember mama. Violently raw, brutally frank. It had to be made that way. Frenzy of Blood, offering number two. Blood-spattered bride, where insanity turns to unbearable violence. Together, I dismember mama and blood-spattered bride. Supervised admission will not permit anyone under the age of 17 to attend unless properly accompanied by a parent or adult guardian. The R rating will be strictly enforced. If you want to discuss frenzy of blood, you've got to see it first. This show will pollute listeners' ears with foul language, occasional sexually explicit content, and more irony than is allowed for single episodes. In the last several years, distributors of obscenity have expanded into new areas, employing new technologies and reaching new audiences. Neither our Constitution, our courts, our people, nor our respect for common decency and human suffering will allow this trafficking in obscene material. Cinema PsyOps. Which exploits women and men alike to continue. Sharing filth-laden desires on mic to warp the brains of listeners until they are all demented deviants. Federal laws are being violated, and thus I am committed to redoubling the federal effort to ensure that those criminal elements who are trafficking in obscenity are pursued with a vengeance and prosecuted to the hill. The fact that society is becoming much more open now, uh, less repressed, and I think there's less need for... Cinema PsyOps. Without dignity, they shout into the void in a vain attempt to be loved. Living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi, it's inconceivable what it must be like to be a young adolescent now with this kind of access to... Cinema PsyOps. And it must be oh, dizzying and exciting, but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about. A pirate ship with a tattered flag, sailing across seas of questionable movies while firing cannons of disdain. Cinema PsyOps. Long may she sail. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. Sitting across from me in the studio, early for once in his goddamn life for a single fucking thing, it's Matt. I'm sorry, I was late into that intro. What's up? <laughs> uh, you were actually here a minute early. We are actually able to get started relatively on time. Hells yeah. That's interesting. Yeah? When it doesn't count, you show up early. Wait, why doesn't this one count? It, I mean, because it's just us. We don't it's have a guest waiting on us. Or You know, I'm very rarely late for the guests. A lot of times it's our guests who have been late. <laughs> no, you've been late a couple of times for the guests. Yeah, but not hugely. Nah, 15 minutes or so. I've not been bigly late at all. Bigly? Bigly. <laughs> really? Hugely. Grossly? Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever our, what, what, whatever adjective we could use to describe our current president. Sure, that's grossly. Like, that's the only thing about being salary for me that I actually like is I can just kind of stroll into work when I feel like it. Yeah. As long as I put in my actual time because they're real mm. conscious about you have to get in 40 hours. Yeah. 
where I work, but otherwise it's pretty much like you just have to get in 40 hours. Wouldn't you like to be like important enough for your salary and they don't count your 40 hours? Like, you know, like one of those, I know people <sighs> like that. It's, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of stress to that life too. Cause you typically have a lot more shit on your plate and you're traveling a lot more if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, there's the salesman type that usually get pigeonholed into it. Usually when you get made salary, it's a way to make you work harder for less money, particularly yeah. in this nation. Yes. I mean, that happens quite a bit. Although, Though, I will say that even though they want to make sure you get your 40 in, they also work really hard to make you not work over 40 as well. Yeah. I mean, they're very cautious about that. I am still hourly. Something I actually fought for in my last promotion. Well, yeah, because I, I, I could they see- They will hose you hard. I've seen the changing of the time and in, in the amount of people my company was keeping. And so I know they would hose me hard if, when they were going to try to make me salary. So yeah. I, 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 I threw one of those um, kind of, uh, I, I threw one of the, it, it was total bullshit move because I had nothing else lined up and I told them I'd walk if they made me salary. I just quit. <laughs> and, I, and I said I already had, you know, I, I, I told them I, I have another job lined up. You know, the, the, the whole reason I'm coming for this promotion is is because I want to raise, but I want to stay hourly. The other job will make me hourly and, I, and, I'm, and I'm or else I just won't stay. Nice. And I got very lucky that they, they kept me hourly. So. I just want to like not have to leave my house. Yeah. That's my big, like that, that I would could do my job from here. Yeah. As an engineer Engineer, you probably could. Well, software engineer, but software, yeah, but yeah. same thing. I mean, you're yeah. engineer, no matter what. I mean, that it is an engineering in, degree in, yeah. in the engineering field, whether it's software, hardware, whatever. Yeah. Well, hardware, no, you, you can't work from home. Uh, depending. Well, you could, but you'd have to be taking assets from work to home. That's or this unless is riveting podcasting. People really care about. I, this. I know. From what what we're trying to get to is a lot of times the reason I'm late is because ever since my promotion, I believe they're now making me earn all that hourly and even overtime pay because the amount of fucking work that they've just shit all over me is insane. Yeah, yeah I mean, we were kind of talking work before we even got on mic. And mm-hmm. I mean, we can't dig really into our feelings about this film because there's so much to unpack about it. I don't really want to even scratch the surface. I know this is a, this is a juicy movie, man. It is a blood spattered juicy movie. Yeah. 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 It's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, but we're talking about the blood spattered bride this week. And I have to say, say um, that five times fast. We actually have two titular characters that happen to be brides that were in fact blood spattered at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's blood spattered actually. And Eventually, everyone in this film gets blood spattered in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not just blood spattered brides, but there's also blood spattered grooms. And and blood spattered gardeners. Gardeners and blood, blood spattered, spattered housekeepers. Housekeepers. Blood spattered doctors. Blood spattered girls. Yeah. That just happen yeah. to show up for no reason. Yeah. Blood spattered grounds. There are some grounds that get splattered with blood. There's yeah. walls that get splattered with blood. Yeah. There's beds. Just everything's going to get splattered with blood here. I'm pretty sure just watching it, I got splattered with blood. They could have just called it blood spatter the movie that may have been the homeless person i let into my house while i was watching this though <laughs> i got a bad judge character going on right what now. did he have hepatitis or something he's just blowing shit all over no me. no i have hepatitis and he got mad that i shared that with him <laughs> <laughs> matt psyop giving hepatitis to hobos since 1995 <laughs> he, he, we we became blood brothers and he was like ha i gotcha i have hep c and i'm like ha i gotcha i got gonorrhea and herps and he was like what and i go and not even the regular herps the big herps 
that like government formed stuff that I really you wish made. I was going back to clips. <laughs> clips. I really wish I was going back to clips. But uh, yeah, so the lack of enthusiasm at the front end of this episode has nothing to do with the fact that we don't really want to dig into Blood Spatter Bride. It's just we're trying to find other things to talk to for the intro. Yeah, because we really have nothing else, and both of us are just kind of chomping at the bit. I'm digging my nails into my hand here, trying not to dig into the film. Yeah, uh, well, you know what I would say is to get into the promo. Uh-huh. For the following podcast that wishes it wasn't a part of this slow row intro. Is that what you're trying to do? I'm making suggestions to Barter Town, not running it. It's very different. Yeah, but you're also Only using, you run Barter Town. But you're also using my shtick to make the suggestion. Like you just want to do it. So why don't you just do it? Okay. Well, let's go to an intro for another podcast that really wishes it wasn't a part of this slow row bitch. Then we'll go to the trailer. Is there a trailer? Yes, but we need music first. Oh, then there'll be music. Then befitting of the movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The blood spattered bride. Uh-huh. Then the trailer. <laughs> I've almost got you trained enough to take over. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet. My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Just spoil that shit. <laughs> well, like I played at the intro for the little like radio spot whenever this was sold as a double feature called Blood Frenzy. Yeah. You should see Blood Frenzy before yeah. you discuss Blood Frenzy. Yes. You should sure. see Blood Spattered Bride before I spoil the shit out of it with the first song going That's into true. Blood Spattered Bride. And I think our audience by now should expect that I will be spoiling the shit we, out we of the s- film. We, we go, always spoil the film. We, we go individually through it. So if they are shocked that the song actually spoils the film a little bit, 
little bit. Maybe they should get a gander of uh, this trailer. Mircalla Karstein. Is that the woman in the portrait? How did she die? She didn't die. She was found spattered with blood, wearing a wedding gown next to the body of her husband. She killed her husband on the wedding night. What? It's because he tried to make her do unspeakable things. Look, only the birth date is given. They waited for two years before they decided to bury her. But they never managed to take the dagger away from her hand. There's somebody under the bed. It wasn't a dream. What was it then? A woman's been in this room. I saw her. She spoke to me. And she left this. Nightmares are always the expression of a powerful desire which instead of being accepted by us is rejected and repressed. Did you hide the dagger under the pillow? No. She's lying. There exists in the human female an undeniable aggressive tendency when she is eventually confronted with the loss of her virginity. Quiet. Don't move. I love you. I don't hate you. I think you like it when he hurts you. I don't love you. I hate you. It is by no means uncommon in dreams to have thoughts of hatred and desires of revenge and death directed at the persons for whom in real life we feel the greatest affection. Kill him! Kill him now! Get closer to him, slash his face! Find his heart and cut it out! There exists in the human female an undeniable aggressive tendency when she is eventually confronted with the loss of her virginity, an event of supreme importance to her and which is for her desirable and abhorrent at the same time. Some modern specialists call this the Judith Complex. They love that idea so much in that concept so much they decided yeah. to put it twice in the trailer yeah that they explain what the judith complex is mm-hmm. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so it's time to uh take the gloves off and really start to dig into the soil that is this film yes perhaps get spattered with a bit of blood of our own while we're doing it well just be careful while you're gardening man you know i'm just gonna blood eagle this fucker all right <laughs> I, I don't know what that means but let's do it uh you lay somebody out back yeah. up you cut the skin in the middle of their back and then you pull it out of the sides. Oh, so it makes them like wings? You're not done yet. Oh. Then you take an axe and you chop away all of the ribs. Okay. So that it opens up and the ribs are removed away from the backbone. All right. Then you reach in and pull out the lungs and lay them across the shoulders and then that is like the wings. Looks like a set of eagle wings. Is this done in a movie anywhere? You can see part of the ritualistic version of it done in two different episodes of Vikings. They blood eagle somebody but they don't show it in close up. Oh. Or you could just watch the video for blood eagle wings and really see what that shit might look like from anthrax no i'm all right <laughs> but on to the film which, yes by the way the way that that ties in if you blood eagle someone guaranteed you're gonna get spattered with blood oh well yeah that's whether that or not sounds like that's unavoidable whether or not you're a bride i guess that's your, your yeah, choice yeah your choice on that all right so the film opens with blood literally running down the front of the screen and um, then it jumps to our first photo quote if you will i had to take a photo of it because uh, i'll be fucked if i'm gonna write it all down right not that it was all that long it's just that i'm absolutely that lazy there are two photo quotes in the film this one is from plato the good ones are those who are content to dream what the wicked actually practice from plato yeah i don't know what that's all about but me neither thank you movie all right (laughs) right, thanks for the advice thank you pluto (laughs) plato pluto idiot (laughs) the film then cuts away from this to the open road and it's just kind of speeding by as if we're being filmed from the side of a car looking down at the highway it's going rather quickly for the credits running over top of this then the title pops up of blood splattered bride that's how you have to read it when you say it yeah is it yes the blood splattered bride yes and i'm assuming that we are seeing the titular character because there is a lady in the car with a bride's dress on 
blonde, so this must be a newlywed couple. Yes. Making a lot of assumptions that I'm pretty sure are safe to make. I'm willing to bet that's going to be the blood spattered bride, but I don't know. May or may not be the only one, too. Yeah. All right, so the newlywed couple is on the road, and I'm assuming they are leaving from their wedding and off to what may be their honeymoon. I mean, why else would a couple be jetting that fast down a highway Yeah. after looking what looks like they got married? Mm-hmm. Unless they're both late to the wedding, and if they aren't married yet, he shouldn't be seeing her in the wedding dress because that's a whole bunch of bad luck yeah. and all that other shit. Exactly. Oh, boy. Just judging by my other seven marriages that I've had. Seven? Amateur. <laughs> <laughs> like how you feigned outrage. <laughs> All right, so they pull over at a large motel. This begins the first of much dialogue and our very first clip. I'd rather not stop. But you're going to change your clothes. I want to go on driving at 90 miles an hour. One thing at a time. Good afternoon. Hello. Is this all your luggage? Yes, room 208. Welcome. Thanks. Have you stayed here before? Yes, but alone. Go inside. I'll put the car in the garage. Won't be a minute. Madam. I hope you enjoy your stay, Matt. Thank you. Okay, so during this, a woman in a black shawl is eyeing up our titular bride, and she's wearing a purple gown. And you don't really pay too close of attention to her because she doesn't really seem to come back. But if you go back and watch the film a second time, which I did earlier this afternoon while I was waiting my, for my wife to get home from work, uh-huh. you really become like aware of how long this particular character has been doing what she's doing in the film. Yeah. It's important to note this particular character and keep her in mind because if you just forget about her, then it won't make sense until you watch the film the second time. Now, the titular bride that we were discussing earlier is led upstairs by the bellhop while her hubby goes and parks the car, and she's not even carried across the threshold by her husband. No. I don't know if that's a thing in Europe or if that's just over here or how long that tradition goes back. Yeah. I have no clue about that. I didn't do it. I will say this. I didn't carry my bride across the threshold either. I didn't either. I suplexed her in there. Did you? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I did sort of a old-timey, acme, slingshotty thing, you know, big slingshot, and then I pulled the lever, but then she didn't move, and when I went to check, it actually slingshotted me in there, Wiley Coyote style. So your wife is the roadrunner in this scenario? Yes, my wife is the roadrunner, and I'm constantly hunting her. <laughs> because you want to eat her? Yes. We're we going back to the donut hole conversation we had about two weeks ago to our listeners. Yes, probably. Donut <laughs> holes all over the place. <laughs> Nicki Minaj is very excited about your willingness know, to right? tongue punch buttholes. I saw that picture. I was like, wow, <laughs> who knew she was a fan? Well, I mean, <laughs> welcome to the show, Miss Minaj. And I'm nasty. That's why I'm using your full last name. Oh, there. nice. Yeah. Tongue punching fart boxes. God damn it. I need to start doing clips again. <laughs> all right. So she's not carried across the threshold, and her husband goes off to park the car. She gets escorted by the bellboy. It's she, important to note, she didn't want to stop here. No, she wanted to keep driving at like 90 miles an hour. She was having yeah. fun at the top or yeah. that. But I get the feeling that she's trying to delay the inevitable that yeah. is the honeymoon. We're, we're, we're seeing that they might have been like a very traditional couple in which um, there was no uh, none of the uh, hanky of the panky. Yeah, and there's also some anxiety going into this as well for her. And we'll dig into it more as it gets further exposed. But that's yeah. the first hint of it anyway. Not uh, to mention this guy's kind of a douche. And he wanted her to change, so she goes up to the room and she starts to remove her bridal gown, which she very carefully hangs up into the closet. And then she gets ready to change into a nightgown. And then a man jumps out of a closet that we saw only moments earlier was 100% empty. There was nobody in there. There was nothing in there. They make a point of showing that. But there's just a man all of a sudden in a stocking cap who looks an awful lot like her husband. It looks like a lot like her husband if you squish his nose down. Yeah. So he jumps out of the closet, throws the veil over top of her head and starts to to sort of strangle her with it. Then he strangles her unconscious with the veil, rips up her wedding gown to strip her completely nude, fondles at her breasts, rips off her underwear, and then 
rapes her. Yeah, and he almost chokes her. Does it seem like he chokes her to death? No, I think he choked her till she passed, passed out, out just so she wouldn't, quote yeah. unquote, put up a fight. Yeah. Or if he does choke her to death, then it's necrophilia. But either way, this is really fucked. Yeah, it's fucked up. And like, if you're not paying close enough attention and you don't notice that that closet was 100% empty, then you think, holy shit, is there somebody just lying in wait in these hotels to rape brides that are and on their own? What's going on with this countryside? <laughs> Who ordered the room service rape for fuck's sakes? <laughs> oh my God. Well, her husband returns after this happens to find her traumatized and just sitting on the edge of the bed, clutching in her veil and pulling in her dress, which is obviously not ripped to shreds like we saw earlier. So this was all in her head. Fantasy, dream sequence. Something, but it didn't really happen. Manifestation of her fears. Yeah. It happened in her mind. It just didn't happen in physical reality. Exactly. Because there's no physical evidence of the destruction of her dress. And she she pretty much tells him, I I don't want to stay at this hotel. Yeah, he asked her- out. He asks her if anything is wrong, and she says pretty much yes, and then she says right flat out she doesn't want to stay at the hotel. And the film cuts from that to a Europey ass looking fucking estate. It is a stately manner. Yes. If it were any more Europey, there'd be zombies falling out of windows and, yeah. and vampires lurking around the uh, basement dwelling area mm-hmm. of the house. Dressed in frills. <laughs> Those poet shirts that like they always put vampires in, but are yeah. completely impractical to drink blood. Yes, unless you're white. Want, unless you want your shirt to act like a napkin that you just throw away. Exactly. <laughs> That's you know that shit's 100 percent silk. No one's throwing that away. How do you wash that? <laughs> Fucking vampire. Extremely cold water. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they vacuum it out later. Do they like have it's a flavor saver. Or do something. they have club soda back then? <laughs> I don't know, but I bet you a vampire invented it. Yeah. Just right. to get the blood ah. out of his frilly silk shirt. <laughs> so the car pulls into a like port area of the estate for carts and cars to go through and then the film cuts from this to our titular bride and her husband coming up the staircase of this stately manor building that is all gothic-y and europe as hell. They're having a conversation. I'm feeling lazy. That's our next clip. <laughs> this is Susan, my... Well, I don't suppose I need to tell you. <laughs> my husband's been talking about you practically all the time during our trip. He's told me so many pleasant things about you. <laughs> I feel as if I've known you all my life. I'm delighted to meet you. Welcome, madam. Come on, Carol. Come and say hello. Is this for me? Thank you. Thank you so much. It was entirely her own idea, madam. Your name is Carol. That's a lovely name. How old are you? Fourteen. She's only twelve, madam, but she likes to pretend she's older. Do you like going to school? Do you do your homework? Her teacher didn't seem too satisfied. She died. What? Her teacher. She was killed in a car crash. And Carol is still very upset about it. She's starting with a new teacher tomorrow. Were you very fond of her? The last time I saw you, you were just a little girl this high. Do you remember me? I prepared the master's favorite room for you. Come on, thanks. The veil. Is it torn? No, the same furniture. The same feeling as when I was a child. The house is very old, sir. It's so big, it's wonderful. Shall I unpack for you? No, thanks. I'll do it myself. Would you like me to help you change your dress? Thank you, but I don't think I'll have any difficulty. It's bad luck if you tear it. I'll be very careful. It's been a long journey and full of exciting events. At what time would you like dinner? Tonight we don't want any dinner. If there's anything you wish, perhaps something cool to drink, or would you prefer coffee? No, nothing, thanks. See you tomorrow. Are you nervous? What are you thinking? Nothing. Just curious. A bit frightened. Perhaps there's neither curiosity nor fear, but something I can't explain. I feel the same way, like a schoolboy before exams. We should have made love before, before today. You never asked me. You never let me ask you. <laughs> my poor lover, my timid husband. What can I do for you? Shall I turn around while you undress? Or shall I undress you myself? If you say. All right. <laughs> the servants. 
Well, that took a twist that we weren't probably expecting for anybody who hasn't seen a Europey ass fucking sex film. Yeah. So much BDSM and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Although there's a very good reason in this particular film why BDSM is featured so prominently in this particular relationship. Yeah. Um, We'll kind of discuss it as we get through for a little bit more, but it sure seems to me like she was not expecting that because nobody gasps like that. No. Yeah. And then he just quiets her because, you know, quiet, you'll upset the servants and then he continues to rip her dress even more. Uh Uh-huh. Even after being told in the clip, hey, that's bad luck. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, hey, you know. Whatever. Bad luck. Come on. Who believes in that? (laughs) Everything's going to be fine. During this, the titular bride sees a woman in a full body pink purplish kind of veil walking around in like this garden path, which may also be a driveway. It's kind of hard to tell because you don't really get the geography laid out. You see it later on. There's a couple of different pathways, but this one's a pretty wide one that looks like it may be there to accommodate what used to be horse-drawn carts and now cars Yeah, up to this manor house. That person is standing there in the path while they're having conversations with the maid in the room and all of that. And then as we hear, he rips her clothing off and then drops her panties down as well. And the film doesn't pull away from that at all. There's a nice focused shot on it's a bush shot. And you see lips, too. Yeah. You actually see now, now everything. Hold, now hold on. I gotta ask. Because uh-huh. right after we see the bush, uh-huh. it cuts to a guy trimming, trimming the bush. I don't believe that Did, was a coincidence. I think that was intentional. That yeah. was totally intentional, right? Yeah. All right. Okay, good. Because if that wasn't, that's yeah. the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. The okay. film actually <laughs> cuts away from this very... I have it in my notes. I have it written up as a confusing sexual display. Yeah. They have discussed earlier how they have not had sexual intercourse despite him trying to get her to or he no, felt like he wasn't allowed to ask her yeah if they he could. wasn't allowed to ask and she I don't think he tried at all because then she called him very timid right. so I don't think he tried at all I don't think I think he just never brought it up thinking because if you see it she is very younger than he is right so he probably is just like I'm not even gonna you know test that waters until we're married now given your aversion to some of this type of content in our films whenever you get a little bit of heavy slap and tickle. Yeah. Um, minus the tickle, just more heavy slapping and just outright domination and beatings and stuff like that that yeah. go on with like this kind of sex. Uh-huh. I get the feeling that you're not acquainted with how you should probably approach this type of sexual intercourse that people would have that involves slapping and punching and yeah, no, I know. I'm not. I haven't. I haven't partook in any of that. It requires. Well, I mean, it requires a lot of communication. Yeah. I mean, I've participated in well okay that was about to get real so let's just go ahead let's say <laughs> let's let's just say you're right I, I not to this level yet where yeah. there's like smacking around and well yeah you like to slap asses yeah yeah I mean okay <gasps> or, or and like when you get really in the moment you're tearing each other's clothes off I've I've more than lost one shirt or cost my wife right. more than one shirt right. in our time that's together perfectly natural particularly on a honeymoon yeah yeah Yeah. that's kind of neither here nor there now when you're talking about like no guy has physically ripped his wife's wedding dress off of her in that manner without discussing it ahead of time that that is something to do for sexual play yeah I'm talking about regular clothes not like a freaking wedding dress or something really fancy do you get the feeling that the way he threw her on the bed after doing that that she was traumatized by this event well maybe a little but not in the way you think she was traumatized in a way where something happened that shocked her. She didn't think she should like it, but she liked it. That. Okay. That's a distinct possibility. Yeah. I'm talking about just in the scene where she's thrown on the bed, it looks like she's 
in think, shock and a little traumatized at that moment. I and I and yes, I think so. Uh-huh. But once again, not. I think she's traumatized at the feelings that maybe that awakened in her. Okay, you know what I mean. You can be that even if the feelings aren't bad. You could be traumatized because you felt all your life maybe that that feeling is not something you would enjoy. Okay, so you feel guilty that you actually like it because yeah, like Catholicism. Yeah, yeah in maybe. their case because that's the that's the main yeah. religion in the country that this film was yeah, shot in, or just religion. Even I mean, most religion it carries a heavy guilt around sex. Yeah, but the one that carries the most the most guilt is, is Catholicism. Catholicism. No, yeah. and, and that is I'm just yeah, yeah but that, I mean yeah. yeah. Okay, see, I kind of read it as if maybe she did start to like it, but right out the offset when he starts getting rough with her, mm-hmm. like she didn't want that kind of sex. What she really needs is someone. I mean, th- according to this film, she was a virgin yeah. on their wedding night, and that's also very that's a plausible thing too. Is that she maybe needed a little something a little bit more gentle going into yes. it like mm-hmm. your first experience let's go that ahead you have and unbutton or unzip the dress however you are in it have you step out of it and let's i'll carry you to the needed, bed she needed a supporting lover who would guide her through this first time experience and then as they get comfortable with the sex say the third time within two hours yeah he can start the slap and tickle and she yeah. might like it more but mm-hmm. he's just leading right off the gate with sock him in the jaw and scream pop goes the weasel <laughs> I mean, that's his lovemaking style to deflower her. He's all like, here's a ball gag. Let's go to business. Yeah. He's like, open this fucking puzzle box. Let's get this party started. (laughs) That's what this guy's moves are. We have, (laughs) hell, Pinhead show up for the box and go, I have such things to, oh shit, Jesus Christ, man, that girl's a virgin. What's wrong with you, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Your virginity removal skills are legendary, even in hell. (laughs) And Satan has to say, fuck, come on. Really? That's not that, a go not that too far. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Different Cenob- hell. Cenobites are in a different Cenobites are a different, different hell. hell. I forget. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a different hell. <laughs> not everything goes back to your Catholic guilt, man. There's a lot of hells, man. Particularly if you pay attention to all the hells that are mentioned in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, that's right. There's they like got a, a lot of hells. There's like a, like a hundred of them or more. Yeah. yeah. Right. The Chinese have a lot of hells. The film cuts away from this display to the gardener trimming the bush in no way, shape, or form, symbolic of the bush trim that's about to be done yeah with the torn up running dress he's a weed whack it up <laughs> and he also says goodbye to his innocent little girl as he's trimming that bush so there's a whole lot of symbolism going on in this film because his daughter the gardener's daughter comes oh, out oh that's right and says hello to him and then she's leaving for the day and see you later daddy and he mm-hmm. says goodbye honey yeah and he goes right back to trimming that bush oh yeah oh i didn't <laughs> even think of that yeah, as if yeah. the innocence of a little girl is now leaving that house mm-hmm. yes know? i feel like this director is in intentionally doing this because there's a lot of other symbolism pushed into this film that it just feels like that was not a mistake that was not just something that they did to pad out the film that was intentional you ever notice that we always talk about like is it sexist to always keep going like the innocence of a little girl would no one ever mentions like the innocence of a little boy or just innocence of I think we're we're victims of the patriarchy as as is yeah but if they were to have a little boy child leaving at the same time I would Would, probably have drawn that would you have drawn it still yeah okay yeah I just want to make sure we're not being sexist but I would have thought in that case that it might have been symbolic of the man upstairs the husband succumbing to dark desires
desires that he wasn't aware that he had until now. Yeah, you know, maybe. Something along those lines. It's just innocence. Yeah, either way, something's being shredded up there more so than a fucking wedding dress. Do you have any innocence left, Court? Do I have any innocence left? Yeah. I keep it in a jar. Do you? <laughs> Is it? Wait, did you poke holes at the top of the jar? No, I let it die. Oh, see, you don't have any innocence left. It's preserved. <laughs> no, it's not. It's from Malgahide. <laughs> They cut away from that to the hostess lady or the maid or whatever, which I didn't realize this until I went back and did the research. The maid and the gardener guy are husband and wife, and that is their daughter. Yes. I thought the gardener was just, that was his daughter, and maybe the wife wasn't in the picture, and then that was just a matron. Well, no, I put it together that those, all three of them were family. I just didn't want that guy to have to be married to her. Oh, damn. She seems like a real ball buster. (laughs) (laughs) She does. I'm not even commenting on looks or anything. Like that, no, I just she, like their personality guy, is definitely ball busting. That guy is pecked by one hen and one hen only. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No wonder he goes out hunting so much. Right, he's hoping the fucking shotgun goes off and ends this misery. <laughs> yeah, being right. married to that woman. I really, I'm pretty sure later on in the movie I hear a faint thank you before the end. The hostess lady brings breakfast to the let's just call it a bridal suite because that's what it is now. On the newlyweds. She doesn't even knock, man. She just goes walking in. Who knows what kind of scene you're gonna find in the room? And he was sleeping, and she woke him up. And I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, you don't know, man. That's like the, the, the wedding. I mean, what if like she got really experienced all of a sudden? Now all of a sudden she's like hanging from like a chandelier and he's doing some native dance to, you know, make it rain. This leads to some marmalade food play that I'm sure is making Matt extremely happy. Oh, uh, no. And our no. next clip. Sweet morning. You live through your wedding night. What's the weather like? It's a splendid day. <laughs> this isn't your first time. The first time I fit a girl marmalade. <laughs> no. The first time you've been with a woman it doesn't matter you were good very good and me great fabulous Okay, so what you were saying earlier about maybe she actually liked the rough slap and tickle play that she was getting. Yeah. or the, They're obviously into a, not necessarily BDSM, but there's definitely a master and servant thing going on with them. And there's, well, he it, likes to dominate. He likes to sadistically. Maybe even. He's a sadist and he needs a masochist. It, and maybe even just because I hate this term, a little grosser, but uh, like a daddy little girl thing going on because he is older than her. They usually call bigs and littles. Oh, uh, is that what it but is? That's more taking care of like a child. Child, this is more, but it, he kind of does that too. So I think you can you can mix in those two separate worlds. Well, yeah, you know? of course you can. You, I mean, people throw you're telling you me like I don't LB. know this already by well, doing I it was, myself. Oh, <laughs> oh, duh. Sometimes I just want to be whittle, Matt. Oh God! <laughs> and it went the different way. It went a different way. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna be better. Just just go on with the reveal. Like I choke back vomit. <laughs> I did that specifically just to make you uncomfortable. It worked. It worked. (laughs) Worked. (laughs) All right. So this ends with uh, Hubby licking his way to the promised land, starting at the wife's navel area. So that was kind of hot, but I was kind of hoping he'd throw a little marmalade in there to make it a little bit better. He kind of tongue punches her belly hole on this one. Yeah, because the film made in the 70s in Franco, Spain. Yeah. Not going to be able to show what they actually were trying to imply there. That was implied that he was was tongue punching the fart box. <laughs> not the, not the, I know it wasn't the fart box. It was the vagina. Yeah, he was tongue punching the birth box. Yeah, the birth box. 
<laughs> we make sex so unappealing. Oh, God, yes, we do. Particularly is, when we listen, have our sex to offer. Yeah, listen, we're not the show for your sexy talk, all right? that's There are plenty other shows for that. If you're trying to come here for sex talk or, or to feel sexy, that's... Uh, but that, if, if that's you're coming here to feel widow like I like to... Oh, you know, God, no, just don't do that either. What's the matter, Matt? I am not your daddy. <laughs> I don't want you to be. <laughs> All right, You're good. a mean man. I don't like you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to shower after this. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know that that bugs you so bad, I'm just going to do that all uh, the time. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. The whole big little dynamic really skews me out. Now, I'm not judging anybody who does it. You do it. Sure that's seems fine. like you're judging me if I were into that. <laughs> well, I could judge you no matter what. That's You don't count as a person. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Republican over there. <laughs> All right, so the film cuts away from this really interesting tongue-punching display of whatever box he's placing that tongue into. Yep. Whether it's belly, birth, or booty. Yeah. <laughs> booty box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the film cuts to the outside of the building while this is happening, where the gardener is listening in and enjoying it while he's still out there trimming the hedge. <laughs> I like He smiles, chuckles, then he does a little, like, shake thing with his hand, you know, that whole little, you know... <laughs> Then he does that, that whole little thing with his hands where he smacks them together, picks up the wheelbarrow, and walks off. Yeah, he actually spits into his hand, and for yeah. a minute, just for a brief minute when he spits <laughs> into his hand, I'm like, he's going to work it to this. He's going to start creaking his crank. And I was like, yes, film, go for it. Let this guy be a voyeur. And then it just, no. No, sorry. He just grabs some other tools and walks off. Yeah. Not didn't, what I wanted, Will. Didn't grab his tool. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of hoping the gardener would work it, because I wanted to see that guy at least get some joy in his life, considering how henpecked he must be. Oh, at least he had sex once. He has a daughter, so. I mean. Is that even his daughter, though? That's the sad thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. what He's he's probably just doing some weird shit. The couple has then brought lunch, and the bride snags it from out from under the door. This is where he tells her to go away and just leave it sit or whatever. Yeah, just get the fuck out of here, all right? They cut from this to the bride sketching the husband in what looks to be like a cemetery, but there's like this weird table with chairs and everything, and I don't know if it was a garden table that was part of the cemetery or what was going on, but it's supposed to be romantic, but at the same time, it's kind of creepy. And the guy just skeeves me off the entire time he's on screen. Yeah. But she's an excellent artist and it's fun to watch her draw. Mm -hmm. The husband grabs the art right out of her hand and then takes a look at it and says something about the likeness not being right or whatever, just critiques it being a dick. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a real douchebag, man. Then he tosses the art to the ground and then drags his wife off to what I assume is some type of a tomb or at least the basement of the house or something. I don't know what, where it sounds like they are getting it on once again. But the film cuts away from this to some type of a coop with pigeons where the young girl is preparing some seeds and things like that. Some symbolism there. Did you notice that there was a bunch of seed being spilled into a tray? Yeah. 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 This film is ripe with symbolism like that. Yeah. Dumping seed. The little girl that's doing that to prepare to feed her whatever type of uh, pigeons or whatever are in this coop. And she can hear them having sex. And then you even see her kind of try and figure it out and looks intrigued by what's going on, which that made me uncomfortable film. I'm glad you cut from that. Yeah. Thank you. I was getting increasingly worried. They cut from this to a fox hunt where a fox is already caught in a trap. It is shot dead before our very eyes on screen, so that is a legitimate animal death. Fuck is off it, movie. Is that real? Yeah. They did not take oh, that. Yeah. Fuck. It's a European movie in the 70s. You yeah. just have to kind of deal with what's there and move on. Fuck you, movie. <laughs> 
Yeah, it wasn't for sport. It was for our enjoyment to watch the animal die on screen. So fuck off, movie. Well, you failed. I didn't enjoy it. So go fuck yourself, movie. They cut from this to our next clip. 1621, 1665. He died young. What did he die of? Who's this? And this one. And this. Do you know? No, miss. It seems to be quite a serious family. Why aren't there any women's portraits? They're downstairs in the cellar. In the cellar? Where are the women of your family? What? The portraits. Why are they in the cellar? I don't know. I didn't put them there. Even though they are dead, I demand they be rescued. (laughs) I'm hungry. Lunch won't be ready for another hour yet. Perfect. That's just what I thought. (laughs) There's plenty of time for everything. The roses. This spring, the only rose that will bud is that of our flesh. Okay. Whoa, God. Oh. This spring, the only rose that will bud is that of our flesh. Oh, dude. Does that does that like fancy talk for I'm gonna put baby in you? Yeah. Is that something. what he's trying to say? That or he's just like we're gonna bone all the time. But either way, you pretentious prick. I bet at college he wore a beret. <laughs> he wore a beret. He played an acoustic guitar at a frat party, and he changed his name to Stefan. And he sang about how he gave his love a cherry that had no stone. <laughs> yep. Until Pluto came along. <laughs> Pluto smashes smash yeah. his guitar. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> they cut from this to the bride walking in a forest area, calling out, It's me, where are you? Over and over again. She sees the woman from earlier that's in the pink veil and is grabbed by the hair. Yeah, that's right. She is grabbed by the yeah. hair by her own fucking husband. And raised up from this rock almost like just held there. He pulls her up across the top of the boulder and is just holding her there. Oh, what a fucking dick. As he is lying there, holding her up by her hair in the boulder until you, she screams to let her go. Yeah, you sadistic fuckwad. She doesn't really seem to be all that upset about it and seems to kind of like the discomfort and the humiliation. I'm sorry for jumping to conclusions, guys. I'm going to go ahead and see myself out. <laughs> I didn't mean to make assumptions about your relationship here. Sorry, everybody. I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> so he does drop her when she demands it, but he will not let her stand up. He keeps shoving her down to the ground because he's having fun playing sadistic bully with her. See, I have a little bit of a problem with this. Then he looks like he is trying to force oral on her and it looks like she's about to perform it or she does perform it because the film cuts to a wider shot where you don't see what's going on. I think she does. And then she stops, backs away, starts spitting stuff out and gets really grossed out. So that's what I think she does. And then she says that she doesn't want to do this and then runs off. Yeah. They cut away from this to the husband interrupting his wife's bath, even though she's trying to relax there. It looks like he's trying to demand bath sex now. They cut away from that to Susan, our bride, and her husband are playing a game of Chase You Chase Me, it looks like. She ends up locking herself in a pigeon coop, which may be the only respite she actually gets from him, putting herself in a cage away from him. Yeah, he seems to be very single uh, tunnel visioned on just sex. Like, he's abstained for a while now, apparently, during the courtship and the marriage, and now that's he's trying to make up for all this lost time but it's like dude you probably can settle down for a bit you know i think it's because he is the type of person who needs to be in control and needs to dominate and he needs her to be submissive that when he went so long without making her be that way he is trying to make up for lost time yeah i mean that is part of the sexual play but it's more a control thing for him he needs to be in control of everything so when she locks herself in the cage and he can't force her to open the door it really pisses him off yeah he gets really pissy which with the sub dom stuff as far as i know and far as i've seen there is that sort of the sub will try to piss off the dom because they want to get spanked yeah they want to get punished for whatever their punishment is they want that aggressive anger they want to see that happen we are uh we are a weird sort of people aren't we human beings we are a weird sort of thing there are multiple 
multiple paths to pleasure, and I'm not going to judge anybody for it so long as everybody's consent. And I'm not, I'm not even singling out what what is certain type of people. I'm saying all of us. We're all, we all got a little something weird in us, don't we? <laughs> Says the man wearing a butt plug. Hey, 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 hey! It's a nice little necklace. <laughs> I'm wearing it on me. I don't know why. <laughs> Some guy in a leather mask told me to wear it, so I put it on a chain. Now I'm wearing it. <laughs> All right, so he's circling around the cage looking for a way in because she's got the key and she will not open it for him. She takes that key and then ties it using a ribbon that was in her hair or something like that or a necklace around a pigeon and then sets the pigeon off so that it goes flying away. So he kicks the fucking gate open to the cage and just breaks the shit out of it. She grabs the fencing on the back of the cage in a way that basically states as if she's going to hold on there and let him do whatever he wants. He moves into the coop to get well, making with the love. Get, get to get to hate fucking or whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, tab A into slot B. He starts making groping overtures by rubbing his hands all over her and then fondling her breasts and then he starts kissing her all up and down and then the innocent child comes in to tend to her pigeons in the coop sees what is happening and that immediately kills the mood. And she's like can you guys leave my fucking pigeons alone? Jesus. <laughs> it's disgusting enough in there with all the bird shit. Do you have to add further droppings and leavings behind? Yeah. She looks, gets disgusted, gets a little weirded out, gets a little scared and then just walks away. They cut from this to our next clip. He put them all in the cellar. Who told you that? I found out from Mama, the master's grandfather. He discovered that his newest bride was trying to poison him and she ran away to Paris. Did your mother tell you that as well? No. At school I heard that. Everybody knows about it. Just wild stories. But it's true. And that's the reason the portraits of all the women were ordered taken down into the cellar. Keep still. I think you like it when he hurts you. Whatever made you say that? Nobody hurts me. Here, finished. Oh, is that how I look? Am I like that? You're even prettier than that. It's yours. Really? Can I keep it? Mm -hmm. Carol, have you seen the portraits in the cellar? Yes, they're there. Interesting. So the 12-year-old chick or the little girl, she knows what's going on. She's not dumb. Yeah, she's not stupid. Our titular bride here is trying to reassure her that no one hurts her. It's yeah. just kind of the way that so they then like you start to play. thinking that, you know, she's kind of kind of down with that. Well, she seems to have some masochistic tendencies, but what I think the problem is, is she doesn't have enough foreknowledge about this to know when she can use her safe word. And her husband doesn't seem interested in allowing her to have a safe word. Well, yeah, it doesn't seem like she knows that, like, a safe word is an option. Well, and she does tell him to stop. She tells him that she doesn't want to do certain things, and she tells him to back off and to leave her alone. But that could be mid signals. Like, when you tell people stop and to leave you alone, you really don't mean that. <laughs> no, I do. Oh. My, my safe word is completely different than when I say stop stop, leave me alone. Oh, okay. It's don't stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep going are my safe words. <laughs> Depending upon the level of severity. <laughs> No, what I'm basically getting at here is the dynamic and the power shift that's supposed to happen in here. In all reality, the submissive is supposed to be the one that's in control. The dom is only allowed to do so much to yeah. a certain point. As far as I understand it now, I'm not that experienced, nor have I read up that much about it or watched a lot of movies with the stuff in it. Do you have like a secret bookshelf that I don't know about? Oh, it's not secret. It's out there. It's out there? Everybody can see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still pay attention to my surroundings half the it's, time. It's coated in black pleather with talcum powder pre applied Mm, nice. <laughs> Am I not dead yet? <laughs> But what I'm basically getting at here is there's supposed to be a power dynamic and the one who is playing the submissive in this role should be the one that's in control and gets to say when it's enough because they're the one that's being subjected to the more extreme measures of all of this. You never hear a dom stop because his knuckles hurt from punching the fuck out of his sub. Yeah, right. Or her sub. Yeah. Let's just be 
be fair. Their sub. Yeah. They're there. That's even better. <laughs> Trying to help you. I love how I'm, offensive we are with some things and yeah, then how the, like, the, like we just get really and how sensitive PC. we try to be with other things. It's I'm, not even a matter of PC. PC. It's, it's, it's trying to be like sensitive about yeah. like how to use the correct I'll help you step into the 22nd century. <laughs> oh, I'm a lot further into the 22nd century than you are. I don't think so, sir. <laughs> Did you just assume my gender, Matt? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and here we go to you just win. destroy all that sensitivity you that we were trying to do. You fucking win. <laughs> you, you're further along. I got to work on it. After this, we see Susan looking over the various paintings in the basement in, well, in the cellar they refer to as, but it's a fucking basement, whatever, yeah. same thing. And one of them happens to be labeled as Mir Carla Karnstein, so vampires. Yeah. I mean, anybody who knows anything about Mir Carla, the Karnsteins, or Karstein, or however you want to pronounce it because they changed it a little bit in this film. You know what's up. You know vampires. You know that's coming. You know lesbian vampires are up. Anytime you see Mir Carla, Carmila, or Karnstein, you know some lesbian vampire action about to happen. I didn't know that. Oh, well, you should know that. That's yeah. why you're not educated in horror. Yeah, I don't I don't know any of that. I don't know. So vampires. Vampires, all right. <laughs> the portrait is even spattered in a little blood itself, so even the portrait is spattered with blood. It's Ooh. not painted that way. It looks like there was actually blood that got on the painting. Mm. And when we pan up to the face, it is cut out and the young girl has her face put in there, and I immediately started thinking of that scene in Young Frankenstein where Igor has his head in the shelf. Yes! fully dead. That's, That's the first exactly I what I on. thought about. I legit laughed at this out yeah. loud for way too goddamn long. Just because of that. Yeah, because I had that flash and I saw her do the thing and the lady screamed yeah. and I just started laughing my ass off. Uh, same. The husband shows up to ruin everybody's good time as he is wont to do because there's more dialogue. That is also our next clip. What were you laughing at? Do you know who she was? If you knew, you wouldn't laugh. Susan, if you come with me, I'll tell you about Michaela Karstein. It's Harding. Yeah, like a tomb. Your Carla Karstein. Is that the woman in the portrait? I suppose so. Did she belong to your family? Yeah, in a way. But your name isn't Karstein. It was her maiden name. She didn't have time to change it. She killed her husband on the wedding night. Why? According to legend, it was because he tried to make her do unspeakable things. Unspeakable? What kind of things? Nobody knows. Their description was brutishly omitted. It's a pity. Would have been the most amusing part of the whole story. How did she die? She didn't die. She was found spattered with blood, wearing a wedding gown, next to the body of her husband, her eyes wide open, rigid, with warmth and color in her body. They waited for two years before they decided to bury her, but they never managed to take the dagger away from her hand. She was very beautiful, of course. That's the way it goes in that kind of legend. Is she... is she still there? I doubt it. It's been almost 200 years. The tomb must have been violated dozens of times. Let's take a look. Perhaps this is Aunt McCullough's delicate forearm. What's the matter? It was all my fault. I'm sorry. Cemeteries and decay. I can't stand it. Is that what's worrying you? You're alive. Alive? No. Not right now. You sure? Please. You're like a puppy waiting to be given his food. You can start learning what women are like. All or nothing. No, it's nothing. That's right. Well, looks like she's got the power back in that dynamic because yep. he's just sitting there looking really, really sad and morose and pissed off that he can't get exactly what he wants the exact second that he wants it. Mm-hmm. All right, so this whole sadomas- like dog. This whole sadomasochistic relationship does have at least a little give and take. Even though it may be troubling at the start for us to witness this, the husband at least backs off and is quite tender and supportive of her when he needs to be. And he at least understands the consent when she literally says no, that she means no in a few different instances 
performances that we've seen. But even still, it seems as though he actually feels as though he owns her and she has no agency over her own body and she's just a hole for him to access when he needs it. Yeah. Although it was fucked up to go in there and pretend you're breaking bones. <laughs> yeah, he really did yeah. actually go in there and break, break a bone. He was snapping a bone I mean, right there in front of her. Fucked up child. <laughs> Desecrating a grave of a distant relative who may or may not have killed a, another distant relative. That's basically what he was doing. Yeah. She ends up dressing him down with her melancholy all or nothing talk there at the end where she says that that's how women work and he should learn it that once she's turned off she's off off. Yeah. I don't know if that's exactly how people work or if that's just how she works where she's like I've had enough of your dominating shit when you just give me a breath. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what she's trying to say there. Could be. Their relationship is very heavily coded in a way to talk about the politics of relationships and how marriages and actual patriarchy viewed things in Spain at the time I believe. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading too much into it but it really feels like it's a scathing. It's probably a pretty a pretty damning not just us in Spain probably the world at that point in time I mean. Right. Well this takes place and is shot in Spain. So yeah I know yeah. so they're, they're but I'm just yeah. saying the filmmakers are going off Spain but I, I would go ahead and say that's probably a pretty good representation of how women retreated worldwide at that given point in time. Yeah it's it's a scathing takedown of the patriarchy. This relationship is what it really feels like. Yeah. I mean this entire film once we get further into it but we're, we're not quite there yet. After this sequence we then are cutting to a seizure inducing dream sequence where Mikarla gives Susan her knife and it is strobing so fucking oh bad my God. I thought my head was going to explode. I had to put my wallet in my mouth so I didn't bite my tongue off. Yeah and then she feeds on her immediately after handing her the dagger and it seriously the flashing in this this film should start with a warning. It really should. Because that was bad. I was like holy shit I hope Matt doesn't actually have seizures. I have a I have a 30% chance more of having an epileptic seizure than any normal person. So I did not know that. Yeah. So you did actually put your wallet in your mouth for that? No I did actually do that but I was concerned. <laughs> yeah the next time I know something like that's going to happen in a film I'll give you a do warning. Do you know technically I'm not supposed to drive alone? Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised. I know. <laughs> and I'm not supposed to swim alone because I could have a seizure and then drive. So do you have epilepsy or do you have like scarring or what's going on there? I don't. I have no idea. I can't remember anymore. It was a long time ago when I was a really little kid and uh, they were trying to determine if I had ADD and ADD was brand new at the time. Uh-huh. It was brand new, something they found out. And so I had to go through like eight hours of testing, four hours of like school testing, like tests and stuff. Yeah. And then four hours of medical testing, MRI. They hooked up electrodes to my head, had me close my eyes and like, hey, what color do you see now? Hey, what color do you see now? See, now I feel guilty. I can't make fun of you for being mentally handicapped because you actually are mentally handicapped. Uh, kind of, I mean, I have ADD. I wouldn't say I'm mentally I'm handicapped sorry, from that. <laughs> uh, let's just get back to the notes. <laughs> we both have it. I went undiagnosed, but I know we both had it. What? Um, shit, where was I? What are we doing? A Blood Spider Bride. We're talking about that. Oh. Um, oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Is that a movie? Yeah. Good thing I number the clips. Now I know where I'm at. All right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So after the seizure-inducing knife and blood exchange that goes on, Susan is startled awake from her nap, and a person who is clothed entirely in black rolls off to one side of the bed and then just disappears underneath it. The knife is there, right there, 
not part of the dream. It is there to be found on the bed when she is awoken and everybody else can actually see it. And while people are looking around the room trying to find this person who's supposedly not even there, that leads to our next clip. There's somebody under the bed. Susan. Don't touch me. There's no one here, madam. It was just a bad dream. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. Look for yourself. Who could possibly be under the bed? Would you fix her a hot drink? Put some brandy in it. Would you like me to stay, sir, and look after her? Or Carol? No, it's not necessary. Uh, in the sideboard, you'll find a bottle of red capsules. Would you bring it, please? Yes, sir. Feeling better now? Susan, please. Everybody has certain little fears, but nobody places such importance on them. Forgive me. I want to go away from here. Go away. She's like that. This morning, you're so happy here now. I had a horrible dream. Exactly. You said it yourself. Nothing more than a bad dream. It wasn't a dream. What was it then? A woman has been in this room. I saw her. She spoke to me. She left this. Listen to this. In dreams, the subconscious selects objects which are normally prohibited in a person's moral or aesthetic upbringing. It is by no means uncommon in dreams to have thoughts of hatred and desires of revenge and death directed at the persons for whom in real life we feel the greatest affection. The centuries have not disproved the wisdom of Plato's words when he said, the good are those who are content to dream, the wicked actually practice. According to Jung, there are dreams which do not belong to the person who dreams them. Inherited dreams, collective ancestral inhibitions which struggle for expression, even in morally healthy people. I don't see what all that has to do with a dagger in my bed. Nothing. Nightmares are always the expression of a powerful desire which, instead of being accepted by us, is rejected and repressed. There exists in the human female an undeniable aggressive tendency when she's eventually confronted with a loss of her virginity, an event of supreme importance to her and which is for her desirable and abhorrent at the same time. Some modern specialists call this the Judith complex. Nonsense. Oh, why do you keep such horrible books? When did you read this book? I haven't read it. It's the first time I've picked it up, and by pure chance. Come in. Excuse me, sir. Madam. Come in. Carol has something to tell you. It was she who put the dagger under the pillow. Come here, Carol. Is that true? Was it you? Mm-hmm. Where did you get it? It was given to me by a lady in the woods. You never said anything about a lady before. What lady? One who was dressed in a wedding gown. And did the lady tell you to put the dagger in the bed? She said, take this to Susan, and... And you went into the bedroom? Yes. And you hid the dagger under the pillow? No. She's lying! I'm sorry, sir. Where did you put it? I put it on the tabletop. She did it, sir. She found the dagger in the woods and hid it in the bed. She's only telling half the truth because she's afraid of being punished. Nobody's going to punish Carol. She's a little imaginative, but she's been telling the truth, haven't you? Uh-huh. Well, run along now. That's all. Right. I think that clears up the whole business. Clears it up? It's not very reassuring. Neither the aggressive instincts of virgins, nor Carol's story. Do you still want to go away? Tell me you'd want to leave this house. Tell me that from now on you'll forget all about your nightmares and your fears. What have you done with the dagger? Where is it? I've put it away. Hide it somewhere. I don't want to know where it is. <gasps> what that book says is a lie. I love you. I don't hate you. Okay, so there is a lot to unpack in that clip in this portion of the film here because they're basically just laid on us the entirety of the plot line of what they're trying to do, basically. Pretty much. We kind of talked about it and we kind of got to dig into it a little bit more. The idea of this whole Judas complex is that a woman will end up hating and resenting the man that she desired and was longing to take her virginity, essentially. Yes. That they are forever, quote unquote, changed somehow by engaging in their first sexual encounter. Their hate. And then they 
they end up hating the person for it? Yes. Okay. I, I can believe that that's entirely possible because everybody has disappointing sexual encounters, let's just say. Uh-huh. Their first time around, it may not be exactly what you all hope and well, you know, and also, dream it'll be. In this in the society we live in, especially ours, there's kind of this purity thing put with virginity. You particularly know, like, hoisted upon women. Yes, particularly hoisted upon women. For like men, it's almost something you're supposed to get rid of. And for women, it's, it's supposed to be something you try like hell to keep. For men, your virginity is more or less a box of crap that's been sitting in your room that you need to get out of here now, as soon as possible. That's for like, um, oh, like fucking, and that's like kind of like society in like religion and abstinence only programs that, you know, most religions want pushed. The same is for girls and boys. Boys are supposed to want to hold on to theirs too until marriage. Yeah, but when boys don't, it's always boys will be boys and people just let it go and they're not expected They tend to, to yes. Whereas women are shunned and are called all sorts of horrible names for Especially when, sex if you've young. ever watched a single, uh, uh, the episode of uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver where he goes through some of the things about sex ed in this country and yeah, almost all videos are pointed to a girl ma- being made to feel bad about being sexually active. Yeah. None, none really to a boy feeling bad if he's sexually active. And also in a lot of ways, religion, the patriarchy that we have right now, which is based upon a lot of religious dogma because most of that shit was written by men anyway as a yeah. way to justify their horrible actions. Exactly. Women are essentially relegated to a subservient station in this world. According to religion, they are, quote unquote, the glory of man, if you will, for Christianity and all that yeah. horse shit. They're not even really considered much more than property in a lot of cultures. And that carries over into the era of this film where women's lib is just starting to make its way around the globe. Uh-huh. And it's not quite in this particular country because he is definitely considered her property. And just looking at some of the historical, just like, for instance, Madman, you know, it's, yeah. an, it's an account of like a touchstone of what history was kind of like in the 60s for the late, yeah. late 50s, early 60s. Women for, being in the workplace was taboo. I yeah. Mean, yeah. And Don, unless they were just secretaries. One, one of the things that I'm thinking about is Don Draper's wife goes to a psychologist and instead of having the psychologist discuss things with her about it and yeah. try and discuss her treatment, she's not even allowed to have agency over her own health and mental health. Yeah. He immediately calls Don Draper about his wife. Almost like uh, a child getting called about at school. Exactly. Yeah. She's most women. And it's one of the things where like, I guess in that day and age in Spain, women weren't even allowed to have bank accounts unless their father or a husband co-signed on it. Yeah. Like they were literally second class citizens. Ugh. They had no rights and no power. What a fucking horrendous time. And I think what this film establishes very wonderfully is what that ends up doing to a human being when you put them in that scenario, when you treat them like they're less than people and you don't give them any choices or agency over their own bodies. He's using the language of BDSM and domination and submissive and all of that kind of stuff to bring about your thoughts on the relationship dynamics of what's going on versus like the patriarchy that's in that country and also what he's experienced from what he's living through and then also what women throughout history have also dealt with too. Probably, yeah. I mean... Yeah, when I'm thinking about it. Am I am I looking too much into it though or do you see that there too? Is it just me being it's me? It's kind of there. I think you, it's kind of... It's a little It's a little bit of both. It's a little column A, a little bit of column yeah. B. I believe maybe there's a small piece of that there. Uh-huh. Oh man, maybe I agree more with you actually. The more I think about it because it wasn't something so ham-fisted in as in, look, it's a message, it's a message. It was gradually something put in there but it's in there so much that even I could pick up on that this is that, that this is definitely kind of a, a woman's plight movie almost yeah. as in uh, you know what's it 
what it's like to be. Listen, dude, I don't feel right about yeah. saying this because I feel like this is a typical man trying to say this is how it should be. This film feels like a very serious feminist manifesto almost. Yeah, it, it feels. But not in like a women just want to kill their husbands. Like this is what your treatment of women will bring about is this kind of rebellion. You yeah. Know? Like that's what it feels like he's getting at with this film. And like I feel really off and I'm just going to put it to anyone who knows more about film review than us and obviously especially like if ladies out there that are fans of this film and have looked into that and also have any kind of film reviewing capability that we do not have obviously yeah tell us how far off base we are it's it uh, yeah how close to the mark are we hitting here it's it's very hard for me to speak uh, this isn't like you know a black exploitation film where obviously <laughs> i am the only person who can speak the to the authority to uh, the, of yeah, the black, black experience, experience in the 70s in the yeah. 70s i cannot speak on any women's experience at any point in life because i have no idea where they're coming from i don't know what kind of life they had to live i you know yeah. uh, uh, what kind of bullshit they've had to put up with i mean that's I, why i don't say shit or like I mean, uh, you know i could speak to it but i don't think i'd be right yeah i can uh, tell you what i yeah the, okay I yeah of course I, I could i could speak to it yeah but i don't know if it would do any of it justice and yeah. that's maybe that's part of the problem but maybe also part of the problem is that we stay silent about it and it, it maybe it's a little bit sexist to say you know hey ladies tell us what it's like and tell us what it's about when you know they're like we'll put some fucking work into it do some research and maybe you'll see what it's like and what it's fucking about all right we need to save some of this for the the afterthought stuff yeah but like but you know some what of I mean? these things have to be discussed is, while we're experiencing there is a the there is a double-edged sword in discussing the the women's plight in our history and and and, and in our current day-to-day situations there's a double-edged sword as as anything but a woman because you could try to discuss it and you could pull it over and be so completely fucking wrong and not that's, be anywhere near it. The, the way that you take away the edge, yeah. the, the extra edge that you don't yeah. need that's going to cut you, yeah. is you don't try to speak on authority without not, experience. And you're not. I'm yeah, saying, and I'm not even trying to, I'm not worried yeah. about cutting me. I'm worried about cutting the issue to the point where it, somebody, you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense anymore or, or hurting the issue or hurting the women's yeah. issue because that's what I don't want to do. I don't give a shit about cutting me. Obviously, here's some of the shit. That I may it, not know a lot about this. poultry, but if yeah. you people come to me and tell me that you have something to tell me yeah. about poultry, <laughs> I'm going to listen. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's that's about right. <laughs> but then you also you do get many people are like, it shouldn't be my job to tell you. It should be you should want to you know do the research yourself to see what our plight has been to to, to, to see what it's like. How it's much apparently been written. Bride, how that. much else do they want from me? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel as though this film was designed in such a way as to take your average horror going audience that maybe wanted a little titillation and nudity and sex infused in their Euro horror and kind of shoehorn in a little bit of a, a thought process to where they're like, huh? Yeah. I, I maybe think he's maybe been... I got something here that I didn't know was going to be you know shown to me that this this film is bringing about a thought process that wouldn't have normally been there. Yeah. I would I would tell you this: watching this film, if you are a quote unquote incel or someone who has an issue with misogyny in any way, shape, or form, yeah, you're going to hate this film. You're really going to hate it. 
<laughs> well, uh, or, or you're going to read it in the wrong direction. You're going to read it in the wrong direction. You're going to, and they're going to love it because of the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, or they're going to love it because of some of the things that happen. They're they're going to love it, but because because in my opinion, they're going to misread what the film's actually about. So in the end, yeah, you're right. I just they, hope that we're not because we're really yeah. trying. I mean, this we're is really kind of. I mean, we are pushing our own view on this, but well, uh, I don't know. I'm discussing the things as I saw them, and I'm asking you questions to see if you saw some of the same thing because we don't always line up on this kind of stuff but it's pretty rare that you and I are going to come pretty hard on the same side of something of a film particularly like we are here so I feel like we may be on the right track but we cannot speak to any authority of the female experience at all to know if that's what and also I mean even though the director is male maybe he can't even speak to the authority (laughs) but he doesn't know yeah but it just really feels like a feminist manifesto to me yeah but not like I don't mean that in a negative way I mean that in like a way to try and show what patriarchy and that kind of dominant relationship where men have all the power and women have none or no agency in their own makes, lives. How can, how can make the women feel and how it can make women react and or, or 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 daydream to react even. Right. What what it can drive them towards and how it can be harmful. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I feel like that's there, but I just I don't know enough A about film analysis and B about the plight of women. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. be able to say this with a Yeah, we're not we're not well versed in the plight of women, unfortunately. I'm well versed in causing plight for my wife. Yeah, I'm, I, I know. <laughs> I the, cause all sorts of trouble for her I know, all the time. I know the kind of unfortunate plight my wife has to also go through, but. I mean, I've looked in the mirror. I know what my wife suffers. Same. All right, so after this, we see Susan digging through a foot locker of some sort or like a hope chest or whatever that's on the floor. She then moves over to a dresser and starts tearing through the drawers looking for the dagger. And the husband asks her what she's looking for. She says she wants to make sure that she can find the daggers. We kind of heard in the clip. They cut from that to later at night. We see the camera moving through the house and then we see Carmilla opens the door and walks in. She wakes Susan to have her follow her to the grandfather clock that's downstairs. Then she opens it up to show her where the dagger has been hidden. And then she leads her back to her bed to have her stab the ever loving fuck out of her husband with blood flying everywhere, creating the titular character of a blood spattered bride. Ha ha! That's just like... I enjoy it because it's just like them saying the title of the movie, only it's visual. And they're showing it. Yeah. They do say the title when they refer to Carmilla Mikarla. That's true. Earlier. Yeah, that's true. But she's standing over him and stabbing him in a frenzy that is so over the top that you actually see bits of organs coming out of him. Yeah, right. (laughs) And the flesh just ripped to shreds. For the 70s, this effect is quite gruesome and quite amazing. And I'm very happy to see that take place as our bride is transformed into our titular character. Yes. At this point, I don't know if I feel bad for it because the guy's kind of a dick but then there are moments where he shows absolute caring for her but I don't know. The pair of Susan and Mikarla then work together to cut out his heart and we see this as they hold it aloft and declare victory over cutting out the man's heart and then we see that Susan is actually sleepwalking. She's just standing off to the side of him bent over the bed frame. When she is woken up from the dream she screams and goes into for lack of a better term hysterics because she starts beating on her husband's chest and smacking him around and screaming at him until he finally restrains her and stops her to knock her out. He does hit her, right? He knocks her out. Yeah, he he slaps her. I didn't know if it was a closed fist or if he just slapped her, but it lays lays her out enough to where she is subdued. Yeah. Completely the wrong way to handle a scenario like that in all ways, shapes, and forms, but this guy obviously isn't very caring of what happens with his wife. They cut from this to a doctor sedates Susan and insists that she lead what 
is quote unquote a normal life with eating and walking, exercise. Yeah. All a bunch of horse shit that doctors will lay on you when they don't really know what else to prescribe for what ails you. <laughs> right. So Just sleep, have some water. So you think you're into necrophilia, huh? Maybe you should get some good exercise. Uh, let's see here. What did you say her dream was about? Uh, she was stabbing me over and over again and then cut out my heart with another ghost woman. Uh, probably just need some water. Uh, I'd put some ice on it. She's clearly dehydrated. Leeches! <laughs> we need to drill a hole in her skull and relieve the pressure. Uh, listen, let's go ahead and get her some methamphetamines and cocaine and she's going to be right as rain. Well, this doctor prescription to lead a quote-unquote normal life leads to our next clip. I can give you my opinion, not a diagnosis. It wouldn't be in my place. I was trained for normal illnesses, hepatitis, pneumonia. I can't say precisely what's wrong with your wife. Childhood ghost? A tendency to give too much importance to childish myths? Could be that she's suffering from an emotional problem due to her marriage. Should I consult a psychiatrist? I knew you'd ask me. I suppose what you'd really like me to say is a psychiatrist is not necessary. Isn't that true? I wouldn't like to alarm her. Don't be alarmed over a few nightmares. I'm sure there isn't any reason why you should consult a psychiatrist. Not for the moment. But there's one thing that worries me. Your wife has infantile habits in her character. She is very young. Just a child. Yes, I know. I'm sorry I can't solve this problem with a simple prescription. You've done enough. I've had my own opinion confirmed. Thanks very much. Not at all. Who is she? The woman of my nightmares. A very beautiful ghost. Yes. Your friend. What did he tell you? The doctor? Mm. Same thing he told you. There's nothing wrong with you. I know there's nothing wrong with me. But I suppose you told him about my dreams. What was his opinion? Same as mine. Here are the dreams, and here is reality. When a person is asleep, the line separating them is imprecise. But when he awakens, the line is like a solid stone wall. Here are the dreams, and here's reality. They cannot and must not mingle. I think so. Quite certain. I've really seen that woman. Stop that nonsense. You never believe. How do you expect me to believe you? How can I believe in a ghost and admit it's as real as you or I? What would you say if I told you I know where you've hidden the dagger? Where? Inside the clock. In the dining room. Are you sure? Come with me. Let's see. Where is it? Under the face of the clock. I didn't hide it in here. This stupid place tied it. I'm sick and tired of your lies. Now I want you to tell me the truth. Did you hide it in the clock? Answer me. Did you hide it in the clock? You've had enough time to think. Now tell me. Did you follow the master when he buried it in the woods? Carol! Leave her alone. It doesn't matter. Carol, perhaps a lady did give you the dagger, but we'll forget about all that. You and I are going to make a pact, shall we? Drink your coffee. If Miss Susan asks you, you're going to tell her that you saw me bearing the dagger in the woods, that you thought I was trying to take the dagger away from her, and that you hid it inside the clock. Will you say that? She'll only be telling the truth. Part of the truth, perhaps. She's going to tell us the truth now. Carol, I'm going to ask you just one question I want you to answer yes or no. A single question. Do you promise to tell the truth? Mm -mm, not that way. Say it. You will tell the truth. Yes. Well, now listen carefully. Did you tell Susan that you'd hidden the dagger inside the clock? Yes or no? No. Carol! That'll do. Now remember, we've made a pact. Go on and play now. What do you think? Just little girls' games. But Susan isn't a little girl anymore. I didn't mean that, sir. Okay, while that clip was playing, I ran out and grabbed the Blu-ray from my shelf just to kind of double check. It seems that the Mondo Macabro Blu-ray is what we're actually doing the review from here. It has an audio commentary from Sam DeGreen and Kat Ellinger, who are both like, a, I think, an associate editor and an editor of Diabolique magazine. Okay. They will fit the bill, so I would strongly suggest listening to their commentary all right. on the film to really kind of see if maybe we've hit the mark on this at all or if we're really far off. Off if you have that disc. Um, I obviously did not listen to that commentary because if I did, I would be we, speaking be, be a little more comfortable with... More sure on things. Yeah, because right now I really just want to stop recording, go listen to their commentary and see if we're anywhere near being right about this. 
they're both female, so yeah, they, they will would... be able to speak with more authority about yeah. the feminist side of things with this, and also film reviewing-wise, because, I mean, that's what they do or, for a living, practically. any of the fine women who listen to the show and are a member of our group, and you've watched this, let us know if you feel we're on the right track. Yeah, you don't that. even have to really be an expert filmmaker. No. We just want to make sure that we're not speaking incorrectly about <laughs> these types of issues, because I really want it to be that case, and I'm not just reading it, too much into it. And real quick, just listen to what he says, incorrectly. Now, we may be speaking incoherently, but we do that all the time, so that doesn't even count. And I don't mind if I'm incorrect. I just don't want to be giving out misinformation as part of this podcast. You, I don't you, want to make the problem worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, so they cut away from the clip to the husband on the beach trying to bury the dagger in the sand. He sees a woman's hand sticking out of the sand and a snorkel sticking out of the sand as well. Things are getting really surreal yeah, I was and trippy like, here. I got, I'll tell you what, that, that part really kind of gave me the shakes. Claustrophobia. Oh, because, okay, yeah, well, we'll get there. Yeah, okay. yeah. So he starts digging out around the snorkel and then ends up finding basically a woman's eyes in a scuba gear, like eye protector for going underwater. And she's got the actual snorkel that's sticking up out of the sand as well. So he's digging around that. He's digging around her eyes and everything. And then he actually kind of makes it to where he can talk to her a little bit. And then he starts digging out further and he exposes her breasts. She's nude underneath the sand. Yeah, I was like, dude. But then again, he didn't know. So you got to kind of... <laughs> What's nice about this it is... It looks the... like he's just trying to dig her up. And then yeah. he sees that he sees uh, naked boobs and he goes, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> well, the thing that's interesting about this and the thing that's nice the way the film does it is they expose her breasts. They just leave it on there for him long enough to be like, what the fuck? And like, he's trying to decide what to do because he's like, well, how do I dig her the rest of the way out? Yeah. And so he decides to cover her breasts back up because he's shocked that she's naked and she's basically like, yeah, I, I guess I am. No big deal. And he stops and he wants to get something to cover her up. And then when he does that, he goes back to the car, he opens up the trunk and then all of a sudden she's there just walking around naked and she just tops into the car right next to him, butt ass naked. Yeah. Like it's no big deal to her. No she big doesn't deal. even care. She's like, I'm nude. He immediately strips off his jacket to put it over top of her. And it's at this point where the guy's once again, really quite a sensitive and caring individual. And it's completely unfitting for the whole way that he's been acting towards his own bride and other people earlier yeah. in the film. Dude, her junk's going to be rubbing up all inside your gear. <laughs> I'm more concerned. Dogma, dogma yeah, I know, reference. I know. I'm just. I'm more concerned about the level of sand that has made it. Oh my god! Yeah, with her it's, being buried there. That, that, you're never going to get that out of the car. By the way, I'm just going to let all, you know. All that. that sand. All that sand. Vaginal sand is really difficult to get out. It's like Ugh. it's like cement. Yeah. Once it's mixed with all of those secretions. Oh god. I'm sorry, Matt. Did I make you get a little sick? I don't know, but all that, all the you know, women's plight conversation we had, we pretty much burned down that house of matchsticks. Why? Just <laughs> just on the secretions, the cement, and all that. Which, by the way, how do you know? Prison. Oh, uh, prison. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever somebody asks me, it goes back prison. to it goes back to college. There was a there was a roommate Camp. of mine. There's a roommate of mine that anybody ask him a question about something, like if he says something and he says it with authority as a fact, yeah. and then um, someone's like, well, how do you know that? His answer was always prison. Really? Yeah. I had a, I had a friend like that in college, but his reaction was always camp. <laughs> he always said camp? He always said camp, no yeah. matter what. Camp. Yeah. But that's kind yeah. of, the, that became like a running gag where you'd be nice. like, well, how do you know that? Prison. We never, we never, we never took that from him. We let him have that, but it, well, we, we would on occasion, because he always liked to speak on authority about a lot of things. 
Yeah. And he was a really well-read guy, so you kind of believed him. But then you'd ask him, well, where'd you get that from? Trying to really get a real answer out of it. Like, where'd you read that? I'd love to read that, Camp. And that's all he'd tell you, and then he'd walk away. Real <laughs> gatekeeper, asshole. Well, in this case, it was like a joking around kind of thing, and I haven't seen this guy in nearly... Jesus Christ, it's almost 20. It's almost 20 years since I've 20 seen this guy. Years. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. No, it has been 20 years since I've seen this guy. Jesus Christ. How time flies. I'm old as fuck, and I should be dead. You're telling me, brother. All right, so he puts his coat over her, asks her where she wants him to take her, and she says she does not know. She's also basically like acting as though she's completely lost all memories. So he just drives right out of frame without even really knowing where he's going. They cut from this to his car pulls up to the stately manor gothic Europey ass fucking house. See, this is why we can't be actual film critics because yeah. I always have some kind of negative ass commentary to throw on top of things. Right. I can't just say stately manor. Yeah, stately manor. Look at this fucking castle. <laughs> Look at this fucking Europey ass fucking gothic castle. You know castle. there's spiders everywhere, motherfuckers. I'm just jealous of that because it's beautiful mm. and I want that house. It's fucking drafty, probably. <laughs> so is my head since I started shaving it ages ago. <laughs> so is mine now that I've just started shaving it. <laughs> he then has the housekeeper lady attend to the naked woman to try and take care of her. They cut away from this to Susan sneaks into the guest room with some clothing. She starts to speak with the woman laying in the bed. And that is our next clip. Is that you? I thought you were asleep. I've brought you some clothes. I hope they fit you. Thank you. If you want to turn on the light, please do. My husband told me what happened. I think you'd better have dinner with us. It will be ready in half an hour. May I have a bath? Of course. There's the bathroom. You'll find everything you need. What's your name? Susan. I'm Carmilla. We'll be waiting for you. You look marvelous. I found some clothes in a wardrobe. I hope you don't mind, but I took the liberty of borrowing them. I feel beautiful. Thanks. Susan is also very beautiful. And you're both very kind. Shall we sit down? Dinner is served. Hmm. Would you sit there, please? You see, you're the center of our attention. Tell us how you arrived on the beach. Do you know the headland where the seagulls are? Where is it? I was scuba diving. Alone? I often feel the need to be alone in the deep, surrounded by silence. I must have lost all sense of time. I don't know, really, what came over me or how I came up. Next thing I knew, you were standing over. You were lucky. That part of the beach is nearly always deserted. We should drink a toast to the chain of circumstances that made me go that way. Won't your people be looking for you? Won't they be worried? I live alone. After dinner, if you want, I'll drive you home. I don't know where my home is. You mean you don't remember or simply that you don't have one? I don't remember. Do you at least remember your name? Camilla. Camilla. What else? I don't know. Well, I suppose you have a perfect right not to tell us who you are. Let's have dinner. Perhaps tomorrow you'll remember everything. Perhaps we shall see your photograph in the newspaper, no? I shouldn't think so. I don't have a vocation. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I'm happy that way. My time is perfectly occupied. I don't know in what. I think clearly. I eat and just my food well. Do you the like it? All right? Is that how you really as see me? As long as I can. My vocation is a suicide. Perhaps in time that won't be enough. I have to choose some other occupation. Stamps, birds, ashtrays, cigar bands, books, uh, or maybe children. Several, it's like that. Several, no specific number. Uh, I could stay here forever. I can hardly remember what my profession is. <laughs> Why do you wear them like that? The good thing is that when I close my hand, I like to feel something inside it. Slut desire too. I think it's time for bed now. Uh, making great progress. Good night. Good night. What's the matter? It's her. What do you mean, her? Carmilla. Carmilla is my color. Starting that again, Susan? They look like each other. They're the same person. She's come to kill you. I don't love you. I hate you. I hated you despite myself from the first moment you touched my body. That's why I'm afraid. Susan. Susan, please calm down. What are you afraid of? Nothing will happen unless you think it will. Tomorrow when the sun shines. You laugh at all this nonsense. Now go to sleep. I'll watch over you. 
Susan. All right. While that clip was playing, I was reading a little pamphlet that came with a special edition that was written by Vanity Sellis, who is apparently a programmer for Brussels Offscreen Film Festival. Okay. So I would say that that particular person can at least speak to film analysis authority more than we can. Oh, yeah. And from what I've read and just a quick perusal that I was able to kind of go through, we are kind of on the right track here. All right. So while I am still very interested in listening to Sam and Kat's actual commentary for the film as well, because I do adore both of them. Yes. I find them infinitely informative and infinitely captivating. Cool. I think they are both amazing, and I just want to state that here right now, so I'm super excited to have that commentary to be able to look at, too. Nice. But I think from this point forward, you and I can relax. I think we are somewhat on the right track. We were picking up what was being laid down here. Awesome. So pants off? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean relaxed. We're, we're past most of the rape parts, so. I mean, yeah. Oh, I feel better now. I'm a lot yeah. more relaxed. So let's, yeah, me let's, too. Let's move forward I here. may have shit myself. I'm so relaxed. <laughs> Okay, so in case there was any doubt, Carmilla's inverted rings were there in the painting, as they kind of alluded to during the clip. And the husband awakens that night to find Suzanne and Carmilla are both missing. He then sees them wandering in the garden, off alone and away from him. She returns in the morning and spurns his questions. He wants to know what the fuck is going on, where the fuck she was, and she's just like, shut up, little boy. I am so beyond you now. Yeah. Susan is now wearing purple the following morning and that leads to our next clip and our guest she left the house very early this morning it was barely dawn without saying anything only saw her go by didn't even look at me she doesn't seem a very grateful person the ghost must have remembered its own story went away and will never return vanished or is she no longer a ghost just as you said things look different when the sun is shining Wow. Yeah. Cold-blooded. That line that she said, things look different when the sun is shining. Mm -hmm. She ain't talking about Carmila. She ain't talking about that friendship that was starting to strike up between the two of them. Yeah. She talking about their relationship and he ain't even seen it. Yeah, no cold-blooded. She's setting it down and he's looking at it on the table going, huh, that's nice. And then just leaving it there. Yeah. He ain't picking it up. No. (laughs) He's I'm going to go ahead and freaking, he's going to ostrich affect that shit and put his head in the ground. After this, we are showing that Susan is now wearing the rings as Carmilla likes to do, which seems to me to be a shorthand for turned into vampire. If you like the rings inside out like that oh. or flipped around backwards, that seems to be code for you are now a vampire too. Damn. That's the only thing. I, like maybe she got converted the night before. Yeah. It's hard to tell. I don't really know. Where, they, where she took her. I mean, they left the grounds. Yeah. And also maybe the rings are because, okay, if we want to dig a little bit further into the symbolism, the rings for where the jewels are supposed to be on the way out for everybody else to enjoy externally by turning them into the hand, you get to see them and no one else gets to see them as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking the power back and inverting the power oh, yeah. of the beauty. Yeah. You know? I only see the beauty. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, again, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but maybe there is something symbolic there beyond that. Who knows? But for sure, it is coding for switching over to Carmila's point of view towards mm-hmm. matrimony. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. They cut away from this to Susan on the beach collecting shells and her husband 
tries to interrogate her further, finding the bite marks on her shoulder because now that her rings are inverted, some shit is going down. And also you get the feeling that she has cut him off. Oh, yeah. And he is not having any of this. No. He does not like not having the power he in the relationship. He went from some constant sex to no sex. He went from some constant domination to yeah. no domination. That's, that's, that's really what better. he gets off yeah. on. Like, she has no agency and no control over her own body, and he doesn't like that when she gets it back. He's not daddy anymore. Sometimes he just wants his widow to do what she says. Oh, that's such the worst fucking thing. <laughs> maybe maybe if I just baby talk all the time, I'll gross you out. <laughs> Because it's this big, burly, bearded dude yeah. doing that to well, you, right? That, that, okay, and I have an imaginative mind, all right? Everything that- Try not to picture me in a diaper saying that. Too bad. <laughs> like, like, that happened already. You don't even have to say it for me to see it. Well, I see it. Will you change it for me, man? And then I'm putting you, you and your wife in scenarios that I don't want to be putting you and your wife in. This is about you and me. Will you change my Oh, oh now man? it's about- Oh, God, it's even worse. I want you to be my dad because I didn't have a real dad, Matt. Ugh. He never took care of me, but you can. Oh. Oh, God, no, I can't. Let's go over a bag and throw the ball around a little. Oh, just go can, get another. Can, we? can you just go get another tattoo? Sure, fine. Be like my real father and just ignore me. Thank God, I'm going to go get drunk. <laughs> I reach out for you and you just deny me. Oh, get another tattoo and get over it already. Nothing could be my father from what I want right now, Matt. <laughs> Hey, Court. Hey, Court. Yeah. This is bring back any memories. God, I need a beer. <laughs> yeah. Been dealing with you for too long. I need a drink. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Although yours was probably getting me a scotch shithead. <laughs> uh, that's just lately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he switched over to the hard stuff. No, no, well, no. He never drank beer. He was a rum guy for a long time. Oh, so it was get me a rum. Now it's get me a scotch. Yeah, yeah. Suzanne is collecting shells on the beach. And her husband tries to interrogate her. Try, he ends up finding the bite marks, which looks an awful lot like he's finding hickeys from another lover. And she, he realizes that he can't satisfy her, something along those lines. But he gets super aggressive and really just ripping the clothes to look at that bite mark on her shoulder. And this ends up causing her to strike at him and slap him, I do believe. And then she ends up darting off. She starts digging automatically without even looking at the spot that we saw him burying the knife earlier. And she gets the knife absolutely no problem problem. She attempts to stab him. He knocks it from her hand and throws her to the ground. And then he kicks the knife away. And because he's getting some kind of joy out of being able to somewhat dominate her, even though she has a weapon, he then immediately gives her the fucking knife back again. But this time she grabs the knife and then smacks it off his foot or the ground or something like that in such a way in frustration that she ends up slicing the living shit out of her hand. Yeah. They cut from this to the doc patches her up. The husband locks the knife up twice in a roll top desk. He puts it in one area that has like a little like cabinet door that he locks and then he pulls the roll top part of the desk down and then locks it so he's got it double locked in there and then stashes the keys in his own pocket to keep it there. He comes in to check on his bride and that leads to our next clip. Well, now I think you should consult a psychiatrist. Mm. Why not? Because there's some things which are not clear to me and I don't think a psychiatrist could help either. Look, look at the dagger. It's identical to the one which is always mysteriously turning up in Susan's hands. This is Mercola Karstein. I suppose you know the legend about her. Susan found the portrait in the cellar, just as you see it now, with this hole cut out of the canvas. Look, only the birth date is given. Our unusual guest said her name was Carmila. Mercola, Carmila, the same letters transposed. Look at these rings. When I found Carmila, she was naked except for her rings. But was it a coincidence? She wore them in the same curious manner. Susan drew this one from memory. It's the face of the woman who, according to her story, visited her in her dreams. And this is the sketch she drew of Camila. 
It's easy to imagine a resemblance between two drawings. Yes, it's easy. This morning I searched the cellar looking for this box. I remembered seeing it when I was a child. Do you know that people said my grandmother had attempted to poison her husband? It's a very potent poison. I just tried it on a rabbit. Mirkala or Camila, who knows? Is that all there is? For the moment. It's been difficult for me to make up my mind to tell you this story. In any case, I'm doing it in the hope that you'll accept it as rather more than an old wives' tale. <laughs> you find this amusing? <laughs> Not in the least. Listen to me. With a few coincidences and a little imagination, the result will be just what you want it to be. Coincidence? Just what do you call a coincidence? How many times does something have to be repeated before it ceases to be a coincidence? In some cases, twice would be sufficient. Others are scientifically impossible, even if repeated a thousand times. And I suppose that you believe my deductions belong to the second category. That's right. That's exactly what I think. And I hope you'll agree with me. There's a tremendous doubt in my mind. I don't know what to believe. It's the reason I've called on you, so that you'll listen to me, advise me, help me. The truth is, if I weren't afraid to say it, if I weren't ashamed to accept it, I would say, I'd say that Carmila Omicala was a supernatural being. Just a minute. That's an outrageous conclusion. Haven't you ever thought that someone in this century... Wait a minute. Come in. Sit down. Will you please tell the doctor what you saw early this morning? Uh, yes, sir. I was laying snares in the wood when I heard this strange noise. I thought it might be a trapped animal, but it wasn't. It was Miss Susan and the other lady. They were hiding there in the undergrowth. And, well, I don't know if I should... Go on, tell him. She was biting her. Biting her on the neck. What are you saying? Who was biting whom? The other woman was biting Miss Susan. I saw it with my own eyes. Susan has some marks on her neck. What else did you see with your own eyes? Nothing more. But I was afraid they would see me. So I slipped away. But I did hear howls. Howls? You mean the two women were howling? Mm-hmm. Like two cats in heat. That's when I ran away. They sounded like vampires. <laughs> How does two women pleasuring each other sound like vampires? That just sounds like a man who's afraid of women yeah. who don't need him around. Yeah. Any man who's afraid of a woman who doesn't need his dick to get off has mm -hmm. got some issues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so watching the film, I felt really uncomfortable on whether or not I was misreading a lot of the stuff, and then just doing some quick research to look at some other scholarly takes on it, and then knowing basically that we were in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel like I am the audience for this film in yeah. a very specific way that I'm the, the trying to get to a horror fanatic who may needed at the time that I should have seen this at, you know, that would have been looking for this kind of film, yeah. may have needed to reassess his views on women. Uh -huh. And I feel that this is kind of a really subversive flick and so much more politically motivated than it may have even getting credit for. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and uh, I'm really kind of amazed at that. It's kind yeah. of cool. Too bad you're still not going to change. God, won't you come into the 22nd century with this court? I will only come in the 22nd century when it's inviting me to. I'm not just going to force my way and come into it. Damn. Welcome to the 22nd century court. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm post me too, man. Yeah. I was, Hashtag me too. I was post me too before post me too was a thing. I was woke before being woke was a thing. I am awake. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you mean woke? <laughs> no, I'm just awake right now. I, I do, but it's grammatically incorrect. <laughs> That's how woke I am, yeah. fucker. <laughs> Cut to Susan awakens to the sound of the grandfather clock and makes sure hubby is fast asleep, then wanders away through the house and out the side gate and onto the path that we were talking about earlier as the doctor and the hubby are actually watching her. Have you noticed that the husband doesn't even get a name in this? No. They never husband. once say his actual name. It's either he or husband. Yes. Yeah. She heads to the lake path and it's a really gorgeous little path that goes over top of a waterway area. I really dug that and I really want to live in this fucking gothic-y ass manor in Europe. I don't know how I'm going to make that happen. I don't. I don't. Maybe I'll start investing in Bitcoin. I heard that's yeah. really doing is, well. Is that, oh God. <laughs> 
topical. You're about 15 years too late. <laughs> yeah. And so she ends up meeting up with Carmilla on that path, and then the doc ends up following them as they go to the ruin areas where Carmilla's tomb is. You may remember that from earlier in the film where the husband specifically showed the bride where it was. Yes. This leads to yet another clip. Your sanctuary has been ravaged. Your tranquility disturbed. Your shrine stained, corrupted, grossly invaded by violence. In this desecrated fortress, I search for consolation for my troubled soul. Do not judge me too harshly, for I obey a desperate law that forms both my strength and my weakness. If your heart is wounded, mine bleeds too. Within the rapture of my vast death, I live only through your vibrant life. And you will die gently in order to live through me. I can do no more. As I come searching for you, so in turn, you will search for another to share with you the ecstasy of this cruelty. The only kind of love for you and for me. Wow, that shit is intense. Yeah. Somebody's been reading their Lord Byron. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like what you read in a fifth grade or in a seventh grade kids whose emo's notebook. Okay, I showed you my seventh grade notebook once. Sorry. And it wasn't emo at the time. It was metal and gothic. Oh, okay. Now they call it emo because they've usurped it with their overly emotional ways. Me, it was just me trying to deal with how much I hated myself and wanted to cut myself. If if it was from seventh grade, why did there still tear stains on it? Tears are good lube. Oh, well, that's true. Especially on Valentine's Day. No, the tear stains stay put. They're, oh. just, they're not fresh. Oh. It just stays there. I would have been the kind of asshole in seventh grade to cry over my own poetry to like just show how emotional I was. <laughs> I was such a sensitive lad in those days. It's fucking awesome that you would say that. It's so fucking awesome. I, I can look back at myself yeah, then yeah. and assess how I was. Oh, yeah. I would have been the pretentious douche that would have done something like that. I know I would have. Okay. <laughs> With this, Carmilla unwraps the wound on Susan's hand, and if you look rather closely at the wound, it sure looks an awful lot like a certain part of an anatomy, doesn't it, Matt? It does. I think the wound was meant to look like that. Uh-huh. Then she forces it to start bleeding by squeezing said wound oh. in a manner that will yeah. cause certain things to pop up better to do things with that uh. piece of anatomy we're talking about. Yeah. Only the blood flows out of it instead. Mm-hmm. And then she continues to feed on the wound as it is bleeding. There is in no way, shape, or form any Yonic imagery going on here at all. No, none. Absolutely none. We're going to just completely ignore the fact that that is a vagina in that woman's hand that is bleeding and the vampire is feeding on it. And you get the fuck out of here if you think differently. Wait, what? I just totally said what I was thinking. Oh, shit. Shit. Yeah, that was a pussy. That, yeah. <laughs> that was that was, uh, that was was some ham puss. I rewound it two or three times to make sure that's what I was seeing. A ham vagina? And then I rewound it all the way back to when we saw the shot of her actual vagina. China. Yeah. And then I did screen caps with my phone. Like I just took photos and then I looked at both and okay. sobbingly masturbated. <laughs> I don't know why it was sobbingly. I was just really in touch with my feelings from watching this film. In touch with your feminine side? I may need to bring outtakes back in this because some of this stuff is really good, but it doesn't belong in the episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Carmilla makes Susan repeat how she hates her husband. I didn't want to pull this as a clip, but then it became very shocking and compelling and made me confront some of my own feelings as a husband. So that's our next clip. Say it. I hate him. Say it again. I hate him. Say it with all your heart. I hate him. He has pierced your flesh to humiliate you. He has pierced my flesh to humiliate me. He has spat inside your body to enslave you. He has spat inside my body to enslave me. Holy hell. Oh. I mean... That's the Judith complex just kind of... I, for the record, 
Never did that for any of those reasons. <laughs> uh-huh. That's uh, okay. my story. And you're sticking to it? And I'm definitely sticking to it. I hope I haven't, but I honestly don't know anymore. Okay. See, I know I haven't. Yeah. I, I never wanted to be in control of anybody else. But listen, for anybody who knows me should know this. I barely have any control over my own life. In fact, I don't think I do. I don't need control over anybody else's. I don't want that kind of responsibility. I don't want the responsibility. Everybody knows you're a bottom in multiple ways. And oh my God. Sub. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you are I mean, such a sub. I, I just, no, because I don't want anybody else to have control over me either. So I'm not a sub. I'm just, I'm like a listless thing. I'm even worse. At least a sub is something. I'm a nothing. <laughs> you really are. You're a big, fat, fucking nothing. I really am a big, fat, fucking nothing. That is a dead odd. I am a, I'm, I'm just a not. <laughs> With this, Carmilla strips Suzanne nude and then feeds on her neck and a bunch of sex sounds start happening, which I'm guessing this is where the guy decides they're vampires because of how amazing they sound yeah. together with that sex sound result. Maybe, maybe it's because of all the slurping and the, the, the licking. Perhaps. It does look as though some stalls are being mm. mucked out with tongues. Yeah. Yeah. Some, <laughs> God damn it. I said it again. Some donut holes are being, being tongue punched. <laughs> tongue punched. Yeah. Regardless. <laughs> regardless of all of little, that. Little five nickel shuffle. It seems to me that the person who was reporting upon the noises they were making like vampires has clearly never heard a woman actually cry out in ecstasy and joy. No. Because no. <laughs> when you recognize that that's what the sounds are, then you're like, oh, they're fine. And maybe that's why that guy gets browbeat by his wife. He doesn't know how to oh please her God. sexually. She's not henpecked. She's just sexually frustrated. Yeah. He wow. doesn't know how to find the little man of the boat. I feel bad for her now, not yeah. him. Like, I just flipped the fucking script. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Turned your whole world upside down. Right. <laughs> you should see it, ladies and gentlemen. He's blown away over here. I'm just making sure that I know the man of the boat that you're talking about, and I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> okay, cool. Can you tell me about it? <laughs> Will do, champ. Will do. Now, these uh, sex sounds that are going on, even though it's off screen, it makes me think that, Matt, you were concerned that they were scissoring off screen and you didn't get to see it. I, I, in fact, I know that that was probably happening and this movie robbed me of it. They were experiencing way too much joy to not be scissoring for your pleasure? That had to have been scissoring all, all they the They were way. scissoring for their pleasure. Yes, their pleasure. Not I'm not invited to it. I don't need to be invited to it. But you are invited to listen to our final clip. How well do you know, Susan? Yes, I know. I realize you've known her and her family since you were a child. But how well do you really know her? For example, suppose Carmela and she were friends at school. Close, like two sisters. Or even closer. Are you mad? What are you implying? That Susan is a lesbian? No, but she's being dominated by a lesbian. That's enough. How could you imagine such a foul thing? You're like a fond parent that has been told his child has committed a crime. And you're trying to find a reasonable solution. All you're doing is destroying and slandering Susan. I'll stop talking for good if you like. I don't want you to stop talking. I'm waiting for you to tell me what you saw. Okay. It's better that you hear it yourself and draw your own conclusion. Last night I witnessed a grotesque, insane scene between that woman and your wife. I won't tell you all the details, but they are not vampires nor ghosts. Carmilla is flesh and blood, a paranoic pervert. I like to think that your wife is an innocent victim. And one other thing, they're both very dangerous. Not for me, but for you. Do you know why? Three is a triangle, and you are the intruder. That's why I'll continue to help you. 
Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Man. Yeah. It's just a bunch of men that were not able to deal with the fact that women no longer want their dicks and they're no longer in control. Nope. That they yeah, just guys, listen, this is what you do. You say, Wow, well, okay, the women these women don't want us. Okay, well then we just move on and see if we can learn anything about ourselves from this past relationship and go on and try to be a better us. What you don't do is go into your parents' basement and then bitch about it on the internet constantly, creating fake accounts to harass women that you feel have slighted you in some way, shape, or form. Listen, man, I let you read my diary once. Okay? I'm not even and talking about you. That's not even you. <laughs> yeah, if you did do something yeah. like that, it would be fresh friendship over for oh, sure. Oh my God. If my <laughs> wife ever found out I did anything like that, it'd be marriage over. Your life would be over. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, you, you know, the stabbing scene while the husband was sleeping. Well, here's what. Cakewalk. Cakewalk. Cause she'd wake my ass up for it. <laughs> You're about to die. You insult fuck. <laughs> All right. So they cut away from this clip to the young girl takes roses to Carmela's grave and hubby follows her to find her placing them on a brand new car coffin that looks like it's built just for two. Mm. Hubby takes a closer look at the coffin to find Carmila sleeping in straw and blood on her teeth when he examines it. He closes the coffin and then just walks away. Carmila then immediately rises. We see her hand coming up out of the coffin as she's coming out of the grave. They cut from this to the young girl in school being taught about blood in a very sexualized way that is pretty awesome. The way they describe blood with the taste and how it does all of this different stuff stuff. Heavily sexual. Yeah, big time. Heavily sexual. Uh-huh. Sobbingly masturbated to that description. Wait, wait. Sobbingly? Yeah, I didn't feel or good excitedly. about it. Or excitedly. Nah, six and one half dozen the other. Cool. After class is dismissed, the girl stays behind and gives her teacher a key, and it turns out it's Carmela. Carmela is the substitute for the dead teacher. Pretty interesting. Yeah. They cut from that to Susan playing solitaire, and her husband asks her if she will go to bed. She states that she has slept all day because she's a fucking vampire uh-huh, uh-huh. he kisses her good night as carmila strolls up to the grounds and sneaks into the house susan goes to get the knife the doc follows carmila about finding none of the keys on the key ring that were left at the top of the desk work. Suzanne just scratches at the desk like an animal trying to get the doors open, then ends up grabbing a screwdriver to break the fucking thing open. All the while, the doc makes his way to confront her as she breaks the desk open. Jesus. Susan attacks the doctor and Carmila helps her murder him as they stab out his fucking eyes. Bye, doc. They drag him his body down the stairs as the hubby happens upon them. Either he's halfway asleep or he just can't believe that two women are capable of such things. I can't tell which. I'm pretty sure he's just half asleep because this motherfucker can apparently sleep like the dead. As they approach him, Carmilla screams orders to mutilate, cut out his heart, cut his face, get trying harder, and the hubby just keeps missing, like, jumping out of the way of the swipes and dodging everything Mm because, let's face it, Susan really wasn't meant to murder. She's just being thrust into this. Yes. But she'll get there. Suzanne seems to want to now do this. She definitely wants to kill him even though she'd said earlier that she loved him and she doesn't and then at one point we hear her say that she hates him and she wants to kill him so she's completely under Carmela's sway. Hubby ends up darting off. He gets into his car which obviously will not start because it's a fucking horror movie. Yeah. The women get close enough to break through the actual windshield with a rock. They're pounding on the glass. At one point Susan starts stabbing at the soft top trying to get the dagger in to be able to kill him that way. They're trying to get to that soft, gooey center. Finally, the car starts and then he drives off. They cut away from this 
two, the ladies walking through the forest. As Carmilla is caught in a trap, Susan tries to let her loose and to free her and fails miserably. The gardener happens on her. He tries to tie her up because Suzanne has darted off before allowing Carmilla out of the trap. But Suzanne jumps him and brutally slashes him before shooting him with his own fucking shotgun in both heads. Oh. It felt to me like the second shot to the crotch was cut away. It yeah. felt like there was going to be a more massive mutilation of manhood. Yeah, I, I that, that's what I kept waiting for. But it was enough to imply. So Hubby now has a gun as well and happens upon this scene, then grabs the discarded dagger and heads to the coffin area of the ruins where he finds both of the naked vampire ladies. Thank you, movie. Pretty much the only nudity in the film that we can feel relatively comfortable about. Well, for, for this time being, but yes. <laughs> for now. He then closes the lid and then steps back to put several goddamn bullets into the coffin across the top, then into the sides all over the place. He's just riddling this fucking thing with bullets. He even drops a clip and then puts another one in and continues to do it as a shitload of blood is spilling out of the coffin. The young girl from earlier in the film that we know as Carol appears. She has the backwards ring as well, which codes her as lesbian vampire yep. in this film. So Hubby finds the bite marks that she has, and she says, the women will come back that they cannot die, then kneels down, he drops her head, and he shoots her in the back of the head like execution style, which is probably my favorite part of the movie, watching a little kid get killed. Huh? Jesus, dude. <laughs> Hubby then opens up the coffin, reaches for Carmela's breast, and begins to slash at it with the dagger. They cut to the headline, man cuts heart from three women. Okay. So apparently Hubby was found and arrested. Yeah, something along those for, lines. For murdering. That's all the headline is, is man cuts out the hearts of three women. That's yeah. home news. I think you're just supposed to... Assume that he goes down for mass murder? Yeah. Either way, the film doesn't give us enough time to really process that because they roll credits. All right, so we've done most of the unpacking already in the film. I think we've pretty much hit the nail on the head for everything that we've lined up for. Yeah. Or at least we've come close enough to where we're not grossly misinformed with what we've interpreted. Mm -hmm. So let's just skip to the, the feelings about it. Yeah. I fucking love this movie. This is a really awesome movie. I was really moved by it and watching it the second time waiting for my wife to come home, I actually started considering my past actions in my relationship with my current wife, including when we first started dating and all of that and second guessing some of the interactions that we had and wondering whether or not I may have overstepped my bounds. Yeah. And the fact that I was considering that after watching this film is a testament to how powerful it is. That's awesome. I, I didn't because I have no self-introspection. Um, <laughs> But no, I really enjoyed it anyway. I enjoyed, uh, like I said, I've, I even got that kind of what this film was actually trying to speak to yeah. more than just vampire uh, people trying to kill other people. And let's, okay, if you're just going to watch it on the surface as just a vampire movie and a lesbian vampire mm -hmm. movie, and she turns this woman against her own husband who is cruel to her, you know, and you just watch it on the surface and you don't think about anything else, it's still an excellent film. It's yeah. really well shot. The shots are beautifully composed. The There's actors 
suspense. The actors are excellent. The dubbing is tolerable. Yeah, tolerable. Yeah. Uh, the actual way that the lines are delivered, the facial expressions my, my the only, have is beautiful. It's incredible. My only problem is the ending. Yeah. I believe that they should have been able to... If, if, if you're really going with this kind of... It hit a fucking wall. The with feminism, that some, you know, kind of underlining uh-huh. story. Yeah. They should have just killed the husband, who's kind of a dirtbag. There is an alternate ending on the disc, and I'm kind of wondering what it would be. Yeah. For me, because that, that was, ending feels as though it was ham-fisted in and forced to be done. Yeah, because, you know, uneducated would look at it and say, the good guy needs to win, you know, because he's not a vampire. But my, my problem is going to be uh, incels will, like those type of people, will watch this and be like, yeah, look at the man finally won, you know, or whatever. And that's... And he's being punished for doing the quote-unquote right thing. Yeah, you know, like yeah. he's heroic because he knows he was going to go down for this. And it's just like, ugh, all yeah. right. Yeah, I have a problem with that, too. I, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, the, the ending's my only real kind of, you know, bitch about this movie. I looked at it as she was mentally ill. He drove her to that. This Carmila person may not have even really been a person. Well, I or... believe that there's a person. I believe that there's vampires. She was turned into a vampire. I just believe uh-huh. there's an underlining Well, you know me. Thing. I'm always looking for mental illness instead yeah, of supernatural. Yeah, films. yeah, yeah. But this is supernatural thing. And, you they know, do toy with that. Is, is this supernatural or are they real people? Because they do say that Carmila may be like a childhood love that they're just... Yeah, maybe. They're playing some if kind of If he was less shitty of a husband, would she even follow Carmela though? I doubt it. Yeah. Because it looks to me like she, at the beginning of this film, considering some of the delicacies that she required in the lovemaking at the yeah. start, but the way that she's looking at him, the way that she's treating him, even in the bridal room in his stately well, gothic she ass manner. She's like, I won't hate you. I, I won't hate you. I won't do what it asks. I won't hate you. Yeah. But, you know, you can't just, you can't, you know, turn around and be a better person. So. And I think that they needed to communicate better if they were going to continue on this dumb dominant submissive relationship yeah they were but doing he's it. far too timid to do it he's not timid he was far too careless with her emotions and how she feels about yeah. it and wasn't giving her agency over but her i also believe he was timid because in the way i mean if he wasn't going to give her agency there's no way they'd even be married and she would have been a virgin or anything like that he would have done all those things or at least tried them he didn't even try to have sex think, with her before they got married well i think that goes back to the coded patriarchy of she's not his until he marries her uh, Oh. And then she is his property to do with as he pleases. That could be too. And which is why he was quote unquote timid ahead of time. Yeah. Because he was just waiting to get the cow before he beat the shit out of it in bed. Oh wait, that's not a good that, analogy. That's not, that's not how. That's listen. Kind, that's listen. what he did. It's just not a good analogy for it. Listen, I could get a good look at a T-bone by sticking my head up a butcher's ass. Wait, no, it's going to be your cow. Uh, <laughs> wow, you made a Tommy Boy reference. Yeah, that's nice. right. Overall, it's an excellent fucking film. Yeah, even if I, you just, I really enjoyed yeah, it. If you, even if you just watch it on the surface, but if you want to look and dig a little bit deeper, there is so much more meaning and political commentary, social commentary. and That's even relevant t- to this day. A scathing takedown of the patriarchy that just resonated with me so much to this day that I love the film even more and I'm yeah. super stoked I bought a limited edition from Mondo Macabro. It's still out there. They still have it on Blu-ray. That's the edition I absolutely recommend. You can get it on DVDs and everything like that but this is the best transfer you're going to see. Yeah. Pure and simple. I agree. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to play one of the double feature promos for Blood Spatter Bride. That shows you just how influenced I was by this film. <laughs> we'll have a little bit of music fitting of the film The Blood Spatter Bride and when we come back we'll have the the PSYOP News. This is Howard Scott on the scene for TV 12. We're at the Bougie Theater where it's been reported that a man has gone berserk while watching a double feature horror program. 
The police are trying to subdue the man now. In fact, here they come. What happened inside? Well, he got a 1040. He's on berserk. Got to be just beat Uh, could you tell me what happened inside? Is this TV? Channel 12. <laughs> the film frightened him that badly. Oh, yeah, it was a scary movie. Ah! I mean, he flipped out just when the girl took the axe and started to... No, Harry, it was when the guy took the razor and cut off... Uh, you, sir. Excuse me, what did you think of what happened inside? <laughs> sir, did, did you like the movie? <laughs> to see it again. <laughs> I have here the little item passed out by the management to remind you that if you can't take frenzy of blood, that you better not come. A double explosion of bloody terror, blood spattered bride, and I dismember mama. Rated R. And it just yeah, well, we went through the, the whole yeah, thing. that's why I didn't play this at the beginning yeah. because Vampire Girl, you could kind of tell Blood Spider Bride was going to have a little vampirism in it. I, I think it even says in the, the description because but it's based it? on, yeah, it's based on the, the whole thing. Well, so. I didn't see the box or anything, so I didn't. <laughs> you saw the box, they did a nice shot of it whenever he was pulling. Oh, oh give me some psyop news. This one's from Darren. Yeah, boy, Darren. Darren. Blood jizz. Wait, what does that have to do with Darren? Jesus Jesus Christ, console. God damn, bro. The minute you say his name, I guess, let's... Uh, Darren? Blood jizz. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, okay. Weird. Maybe, man. Come on. (laughs) Uh, He posted this from The Guardian. Does foreskin facial mark the end of the world? Take five foreskins and call me in the morning. Thank you. (laughs) Took me a while to find that, so I'm glad I grabbed the right one. Kate Beckinsale is the latest celebrity to try the treatment, which uses a syrup derived from baby circumcised penises. When asked about it, she quoted, I'm taking another dick. Uh, yeah. Uh, everyone will be coming on my face. <laughs> this is kind of a weird article, but I really wanted to go through it. It's like, it, it has a whole bunch of lists here. So the name of this, it's called the foreskin facial. The age... Take five foreskins and call me in the morning. <laughs> everyone will be coming on my face. Age at least a week old. Appearance, a serum clone from the circumcised foreskins of South Korea babies. Why's it gotta be South Korean babies? I, I don't know. That's what they're doing. That shit is racist. <laughs> 
those doctors are racist. Why are you cutting the foreskins off of babies? That's like mutilation anyway. Quick question. Is this the end of the world? Not at all. It is perfectly normal to want to have the liquidized foreskins of no. multiple babies. No, it's fucking not normal. And uh, I'm saying that. And I'm angry that I'm the one that has to be outraged by this. Okay. You can't pay a bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blood. So it sounds like part. this is a, like an interviewing thing. Yeah. So now the interviewer, are you sure? Because it says exactly something that would happen before or in the aftermath of the collapse of civilization. I hate a toddler. Yeah, that, ex- that too. <laughs> yeah. And then the person answers, don't be daft. Kate Beckinsale had it done and she seems like a nice noble person, right? My dick and balls are worth a lot more than $60. Don't threaten to cut off my cock for $60. Or foreskin. And this is the, the interviewer asks, is this the same Kate Beckinsale who dresses up as a pent- pentomime horse? It's micro penis time. So apparently Kate Beckinsale dresses Dressed up like a pantomime horse? Yeah. I guess. Uh, but she does, apparently. Okay, whatever. Alright. I'm not judging her for that, but I am going to judge her for rubbing foreskin so juice on her ask, face. And, and this interviewer's dead on. I'll, I'll hate myself for this, but can you explain the foreskin facial? A girl of gets course. terrified enough. The only thing that's going to solve that is a cock. So apparently epidermal growth factor, EGF serum, is derived from the progenier cells of the human fibroblast taken from the foreskins of newborn babies. Did he stick the needle down his pee hole? Jesus Christ, Lee, that's not the right time to ask that. Lee, come on, man. Grow up. And Satan's cock. I don't know if they use that foreskin, well, Chris. Probably not. That, I don't know if that helped with aging. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, Chris. What does it do? It helps to generate collin- uh, collagen and elastin, which can help to boost the radiance of your face. I Once- got Botox in my scrotum. Okay, and apparently, on a side note, it also smells exactly like sperm. OMG, a jizz drinking game. <laughs> I have the most confused direction right now. And then uh, the interview, uh, then uh, he says, well, there is more. For the serum to take hold, a beauty therapist must first microneedle you. This is like traces of death fucked a porno. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucked up, dude. And what microneedling is, it's, it's where a pen containing dozens of tiny needles repeatedly stabs you in the face hundreds of thousands of times. It will be coming coming on on my face. face. (laughs) It's it's extrusionally painful, and it does help the baby foreskins to sink into your face. He must have an incredibly long penis. (laughs) To be able to do a whole facial? Well, well, yeah. I think it takes multiples. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't think they... This is so fucked up. Dude, this is society, man. Hollywood need to be younger, apparently. I mean, they're going to extra lengths here. How long before they just start eating Eating babies. I have the most confused direction right now. <laughs> this is really fucked up. Yeah, dude, it gets, I, I think it's going to get worse. I All think right. that's going in the spank bank. According to several, oh, okay. <laughs> Poorly talked. So one person says, where do I sign up? They go, well, that's the bad news. According to several reports, there is a two-year waiting list for the foreskin facial, plus a single treatment costs nearly 500, uh, 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 whatever this amount is. Uh, and there's a lot of weighing around. No, that's for true. The, for the orders to be filled for that amount of money. Uh, and then the person says, better leave it to the likes of Beckinsale then. And if it helps, she's thrilled with the treatment. She originally captioned a close-up of her pristine face saying, and I quote, after a long flight, I do like to lie down and be covered in a mask of liquefied cloned foreskids. Frankly, who doesn't? End Always quote. looking for Wang. I mean, they're just <laughs> a fucking weird people out there. I thought Kate Beckinsale was one of the normal ones, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say no. There's a sliding rule of however much money you get to how much you can actually waste on things like this. Yeah. And she's apparently crossed over into the crazy side. Uh, And then, uh, you know, she did... 
she has gotten comments. Lord, thank God that people have kind of gone. They've called her disgusting, and they said they used to like her. They've kind of been like pretty angry with her actually for saying that. Uh, that or they just had a bukkake mouth party. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My timing is bad here. Yeah, this is um, this is really fucked up. That's that's that's. But I had to read that one because yeah, yeah. that's um. Can we just say for the article, Matt, and just put it to bed now? This is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> Harvesting foreskins yeah. for facials. I know. Not the sort of thing that I wanted to talk you know, about right and, now. And for Alex Jones being all that uh, all, all that conspiracy, I never heard about this conspiracy. They're harvesting the foreskins of kids from North Korea. And what they're doing is they're liquefying it, and then they're cloning it, and they're making this weird goop, and the stars are putting it on their face. The Hollywood elites are putting it on their faces. See, if he would have gone with that one instead of turning the freaking frogs gay, and then all of a sudden we read that, I'd have been like, holy shit, Alex was on to one. At least he had one. He was too busy fighting off the trans porn that was flooding his phone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> too <laughs> which, too which, busy five-knuckling shuffling that uh, trans porn. Which, when that floods most of a normal person's phone, we go, bonus. Bonus. Free shit. <laughs> Look, at, Look at all this free porn I'm getting. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! I'll make it work. <laughs> Gotta no. love a girl who can take a punch. Oh! Whoa. Where was really? that during the Did review? You this episode to say that? I totally I accidentally hit that. You. My hand hit the mouse. Uh, you saw it sure. happen. Fine. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Gotta <laughs> love a girl who can take a punch. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Are you happy now? <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah? yeah? How about this one? A girl gets terrified enough. The only thing that's gonna solve that is a cock. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. <laughs> well, I mean, all of those kind of work into this uh, sh- movie. Afraid of vaginas? Well, hey, yeah, bro, and they I are. can't get it up. I think I, that's no. going in the spank bank. And, and that I'm did. going to fuck it to death. Okay. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Alright. Mostly because I have put my penis inside of you bareback. <laughs> We're getting loopy. Let's call yeah, it. Are a we night. done? We're almost done. All right. Yeah. Your silicone penis budget is out of control. It really is. I don't know how we're going to get that going. Your liquefied foreskin facial budget is out of we, control. We are, deep, sale. we are deeply in the red. <laughs> We're going to play one last promo from the double feature that prominently had the blood spattered bride on it. We're going to have a little bit of music befitting of the film. And when we come back, we will close out this weird ass fucking show. Ladies and gentlemen, a minute with America's fearless shock producer, packager of frenzy of blood as he lays it on the line. Why your brutally frank package of films consisting of I dismember mama and blood spattered bride. Oh, let's not get each other. You see it in the headlines every day. I finally had guts enough to put it on film. Why were these two motion pictures put together? To act as a rude awakening and eye opener, sir. After all, people have a right to see and judge for themselves. Ah, come on. I've seen these films and frankly, I think they're too violent, too raw, too brutal for the average person. Haven't you even taken any precautions? No one under 17 will be admitted unless they're probably accompanied by a parent or adult guardian. We'll be strictly enforcing the R rating and be passing out a little device to everyone attending our showing. Will you enlighten us in regard to that device? No, not on the radio. I dismember Mama and blood-spattered Bride, a frenzy of blood that'll take you through the ringer and doesn't care where the axe falls.
Get him at the bride's wearing black because she murdered her husband. Yes. Because he's an abusive prick. Who, yeah. Who couldn't take no for an answer whenever he wanted to zig and she wanted to zag. Yeah. All right, folks, if you would like to help us zig and zag in sync so that we're not hitting each other out of spiteful hate in our wonderful relationship that Matt and I have cultivated over this show, mm-hmm. I love to hurt you. Uh-huh. You can support the show while you support the show. Teespring.com forward slash sores forward slash cinema dash psyops. You'll keep Matt and Savs that keep the swelling down. That's right. You can find our main landing page for our show or you can launch from there too if you feel like it but either way it's a pad for you to momentarily place your feet before you go off listening to our podcast it's legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops we have a facebook group where you can make a meme that may or may not become the group cover photo all you have to do is make me laugh enough to where i want to do it and it'll become that yeah exactly even if it's just a photo of Nicki minaj alluding to matt liking to punch her freaking donut hole with his tongue mm-hmm. that's all it takes <laughs> ass eating thanks chris an ass-eating joke. That will become the banner. <laughs> More than likely, yes. Yes. Particularly if it turns our group color pink, because I know that pisses off the incels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's our Facebook group, Cinema PsyOps. You can find me on Facebook. I am Court PsyOps. You can find Matt on Facebook. He is Matt PsyOp. You know the drill about the plank looking all jaundicey because he's too much of a coward to reveal his freshly shorn head yes. to you, the audience. To you, the viewer. You can email feedback to Matt, PsyopMatt at gmail.com, where you can request photos of his freshly shorn head. He just won't show you his face. No. And it may just be a picture of his dick. Yeah. He's got macro photography now. We're fine. Uh, Macro's the big one, by the way. Hey. Yeah, all right. See what I'm saying yeah, there? Right. I was trying to compliment you. Yeah, you did good. Yeah, it's okay, Tiny. You can email feedback to Court. <laughs> tell him not to emasculate his co-host on the air. Cinesyopscourt <laughs> at gmail.com. Hashtag me too. You can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats of your favorite shots from the blood-spattered bride. I went a little more PC with that one. Yeah, you did. I'm at Court underscore Psyop, and he is at Psyop Matt. Sliding them DMs. Yeah, if you want to sew something a little more nasty, you know our DMs to where you can find us. We're through Facebook. You can email it to us. Whatever. Just, uh, you know, show us some lovely naked people that you think we might enjoy seeing. That's Do all I'm asking. Do some of that nasty shit. <laughs> but, but, you know, by, you know, everyone in agreement. Yeah, uh, consent. Yeah. consent. Consent is the whole of the law with cinema Consensual nasty shit. That's what we want to see. And while you're out there doing your own consensual nasty shit, make sure that it's okay. Ask permission first, then kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. <laughs>